It's right behind me, isn't it? Hello all, and welcome into another exciting and always riveting episode of Through the Lens, where today we'll be underpaying CGI artists and rewriting scripts to include so many more cameos and nostalgia bait. Of course, that means we are talking about Marvel, and once again, hopefully for the last time, I'd say. I'm Davis, of course, we have Alex behind the board, and we are joined once again by friend of the show, frequent guest, Mr. Jacob Hillman. Welcome in. Happy to be here. Been a while. It's been a while. But I'm glad I'm back. I was about to say, it hasn't been since the Star Wars episodes, I want to... Or wait, no. Wasn't the Star Wars, the Wars episode? I believe it was a Star Wars episode. Was I on the sequels episode or not? I you were on the prequels. You were. Yeah, prequels. Uh, we all remember the prequels with the Keati yeah. Mundi subreddit, oh, yeah. of course. No, you, you weren't on the sequels because we had to get Jack to, to deliver your rankings of all the movies. Oh, that that's true. right. That's right. That's there you right. go, Davis. See, I, got, I, got wow. a, I got a good nice memory there. That's impressive. Impressive stuff, Davis. Well, again, Jacob, so glad to have you back in the studio. Obviously, former co-sports director here at Weagle, now off at the Auburn Sports Network doing all sorts of big things. There. Hanging out with Charles Barkley. Apparently so. Talking to Brian. No I longer. saw you on the video board on uh, during the gymnastics meet on Friday. There was somebody dancing behind you, and your head was just in the bottom right corner. Yeah, see, I don't like being on the video board anymore. I've, I was on it enough as a student. Now I kind of try to shy away from that, but that guy behind me was having a good time. Yes, so indeed. The, the camera did find me sort of, like you said, in the corner. Was it the guy it. from the basketball games that always goes crazy? No, okay. I was no. It, it, it was in the... <laughs> Davis is not like the coconut just, bra guy. <laughs> why would you say that? What if he listens to this, man? <laughs> you never know. I was trying to keep it very vague so nobody knew who I was talking about. It but was, yeah, it was not a student. It, it, was, okay. a, it was a grown man. I'll say, he si- Jacob sits in the fancy seats now. Where oh, all wow. the... It's, it's I, I just find an empty seat, and then that's, that's, that's where I'm <laughs> there you, at. There you go. That works. Well, see, me and my friends have been frequent appearances on the video boards of the gymnastics meet because we're like the only people that stand along with the gymnasties, so there's nice. very, lim- very limited options outside of us and those other dudes on Friday that were losing their minds. Uh, Davis, you oh, missed yeah. This guy was like, he was turning red with just the dance and everything. It was, it was mad. Was he one of the painters? No, actually. No. But, okay, okay, okay. We I believe we like the painters at the gymnastics meets, Davis. The gymnastics team likes the painters, so I think we have to like the painters. No comment. No oh, comment. Okay. No, no comment. I was gonna say, as, as, as a sort of employee of Auburn, I don't know if Jacob can say such things, but maybe off the Well, record. we got some news to get into Yes, we real do, quick. don't we? Well, we got some Go trivia, though, Davis, because oh. we always start with trivia, even though you claim we do not always start okay, with start, trivia. Okay, then start with the trivia. Don't answer it, Homer. In what, what, oh, no, you can answer this one. <laughs> in what year did the ca- cartoon character Mickey Mouse first appear in a movie? You know that one? I don't know it. I mean... It's I on can, the it's on the Lakers ring from the bubble. I can venture a guess. It's called the Mickey Mouse. It's called the Mickey Mouse ring. It was a joke. <laughs> if I had to guess, I'm trying to think of when. I don't know exactly when Disney's like when they started doing the cartoons. I, I'm gonna guess 24. I'm gonna go a little later and say 39. Davis was closer. 1928 okay. was the answer for that one. And again. That was well before, because I want to say Disney's first movie, Snow White, was in the late 30s. So that was when they were still kind of experimenting with a lot of things at that point, before, of course, has become the titan that we are going to be talking about today, because in case you haven't heard, guys, they own everything. You you mean the monopoly. They own every single IP that has ever been created. There is so little left. It's just hilarious. And... That is our trivia for the day. Now, as for news, we're going to keep it very light because we have over 11 projects to discuss, over 50 hours of content to debate on, so there's not nearly enough time for anything else. But the two bits of news. First of all, Daredevil, Born Again, news from The Hollywood Reporter says that in at least a cast list that they 
found or a source gave them or whatnot that the actors for Foggy Nelson and Karen Page, I believe it's Deborah Ann Wolf, and I cannot remember yeah. the name of the guy that plays Foggy, which I feel bad for. Deborah Ann Wolf is in God of War Ragnarok. Oh, there you go. There you go. Fun facts from Davis. They are not currently slated to appear in Daredevil Born Again, which has, of course, been received very well by the MCU community on Twitter and every other social media side because people are basically setting fire to the series and every other part of it. Now, again... Part of the problem was a discussing film tweet made it seem like they officially were not in the show, whereas the Hollywood Reporter story just said they weren't listed. But for an 18-episode show, it's very likely that they're filming it in parts. That's not, that's not an uncommon thing. But if they don't have those two characters... Now, I don't know if you've seen Daredevil Home, and I, ha- I have. Okay, so you, you both have. Davis hasn't seen either. It's... Must watch television. If the if the many MCU shows currently are giving you a fatigue, it's more of a it's completely different. Is the best way that I can describe it. A whole different as Rosario style. Dawson, it? it doesn't. Oh. She, she shows up. Obviously, Charlie Cox gives the performance of a lifetime as Daredevil. Vincent D'Onofrio is Wilson Fisk. We're going to talk about him a little later on. Of course, mm-hmm. it's an amazing show. What? What is he in? He's in Hawkeye. He's in Hawkeye. <laughs> I was like, I thought. Oh, never mind. Now's a good time to mention that Davis and I have not watched. No, I knew he was in that, but I was like. He's in a he's in one of the Marvel movies. And it, I realize he's just he, he will be in Daredevil: Born Again, an eighteen episode show. It's a really good show, and I don't not give, I don't want to give anything away, obviously, to you two because I I want you both he's to fine. watch the show because it's amazing. But I don't know how the show continues without the Karen and Foggy dynamic with Matt Murdock because that was so much of what carried the show. So I guess we'll see. I guess we will an 18 episode series. If we thought these six episodes were difficult, this one's going to be a long one, mm-hmm. which I'm really surprised because 18 episodes is not conventional in any sense, even for streaming. Like the longest streaming shows are 10 episodes, if that. They the last one like was only 20. nine. I was oh, yeah. Say. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that's, that was when it was network TV yeah, yeah, and you yeah. would just get a slate, right? Like NBC would say, we're going to pay you to do 22 episodes and that's when filler would come into it, but streaming. Oh god! Even, even Twitter's going to be calling half the episodes of Daredevil filler, which they there's a good chance they will be. People but, do love throwing that word around uh, nowadays. Don't I mean? They? I I think that is the that's kind of just the word that everyone's like. All right, I don't like the episode filler. Yeah. If, if, if they don't like an episode in the TV series, filler. Have you been watching the Last of Us lately? Uh, I've I've just started, so I'm on like episode four. So, well, maybe, they they called episode three filler, and they're going to yeah. call episode what was it seven? They yeah, called I think filler. Eight, eight comes out today. Nine. Oh, no, nine actually. Nine, nine, nine. Okay. Never Final episode. Yeah. So, and they love calling it filler when they just don't like it. It's just like, come on. Let's be more intel- intelligent than that. Because like, here's one thing is, as, as someone who's watched a lot of shows from streaming to network television and so on, it's obvious when an episode is filler and when it is a character-driven episode. <laughs> like the episode of The Fly in Breaking Bad was, was, I think they've even admitted in part that that started as a filler episode but then they it didn't end up being one because they turned into this incredible character study, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It, good television is good television, is I all think I gotta say. You gotta get all the people calling Last of Us episodes filler to watch like Lost. Yes. Like I love Lost. Lost is cool, but like there's so many filler episodes where they're just hanging out. Which like they're all, like the episode where they, they start up the van and they drive and they get it started by driving down the hill and they all just hang out and drink beer. Awesome episode, but that's a filler episode. Yeah. But I mean that was again network television. Yeah. Filler episodes don't exist. I think and filler tr- episodes don't exist at HBO. They're spending twenty million dollars yeah. an they're not spending twenty million dollars an episode for a filler episode. That's not how HBO operates. I have issues with point. The Last of Us show, not big ones, but like 
filler episodes, quote unquote, is not one of them. Yeah, that's it's just it's. And again, I do think that Daredevil: Born Again is certainly going to get that criticism because there's no way that they do 18 episodes without one or two super character centric, character focused episodes that drift away from the plot for a moment. We're probably going to get a flashback episode because, of course, we're probably going to get a Punisher episode at some point because John Bernthal is going to be back, which is pretty cool. But I have no earthly idea. Either way, I'll probably watch that show because I love Daredevil. I love Jessica Jones. Luke Cage was all right. Iron Fist, I still haven't watched. Defenders was... Anyway, the Oscars are today, aren't yep. they, Davis? I have the nominations of it. Go ahead one. and read out some of the big ones. Uh, actors in a leading role. Actor in a leading role. Uh, nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for Banshee of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Paul Mescal for After Sun and Bill Nye for Living. I think... Austin Butler is probably going to win it, even though Paul Mescal should, or Brendan Fraser, or Colin Farrell. It should not be Elvis, but whatever. Actors in a supporting role, Brendan Gleeson and Banshees of Inisherin, Barry Keegan for Banshees of Inisherin, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, and Kihei Kwan for Everything Ever All at Once. It's Kihei Kwan. It's going to be Kihei Kwan. I, think, I also wouldn't mind either of the Banshees guys, but... I think I think I think it's got to be it's got to be What did they pull something crazy and gave it to Judd Hirsch? No. For his like one scene and Judd, Her- Judd Hirsch is is great and all and I I really liked his yeah, moment yeah, in good. the Fablemans. That's a great movie, but it's Everything Ever All at Once is the movie of the decade. Have you seen Everything Ever All at Once? Jacob? No, but it's yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I just watched it last night after watching the Marvel movies. you <laughs> were Well, see, here's the thing. That yeah. Probably, you probably watched some of them. You know, I need a cleanse. You know, I, I, I know how. I, I know how movie. good everything, everyone, everywhere at once is because I have a friend that when he watched it was like, "This is in theaters." It's like, "This is your Oscar-winning movie because yep. it is just incredible." And I haven't caught up on it. And, I, and it's predicted to win six Oscars today. A lot of people are saying. It, it. Yeah. Also, according to a report I saw, however, this was on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. It has won the most awards of any film That's in true. award season ever, passing Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, wow. which was, of course, the original Titan of award winning, which won yeah. 11 Oscars at the, uh, at, at the Academy Awards in 2003. I mean, it's... The best way I can describe that movie is that it's an Oscar film in like the traditional Oscar bait type sense, and the fact that it has all this incredible no, right, no, okay, not Oscar I'm, bait. I'm, I'm get Davis. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make a point, please. I'm just saying make the fact your point. that it, make it well, it has so many incredible just technical aspects to it that make it that almost. But then it also is just a really enjoyable movie, which, to be fair, with the Oscars lately is a somewhat rare of a crowd-pleaser movie that's also a Best Picture winner, which it will probably be. I, I think it's, it's going to be. What do you think will win Best Picture? We'll get there when we get there. Okay, we will get Then keep going then. Dave. Actress in a leading role, we have Kate Blanchett for Tar, who I think is probably going to end up. There's been a late push for her. I think she's going to win it. I Anna Armas for Blonde. Andrea Riseborough for Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's going to be Michelle Yeoh, but I think they're going to give it to Kate Blanchett for Char. Interesting. Actress, I haven't seen it, but I think there's been a late push recently. Campaign. Right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Actress in a supporting role, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think it's definitely going to go Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett, but... I think Kerry Condon should win it. Uh, I think Stephanie Sue should win it. You haven't seen Vance Finish yet. That's now. true, I haven't, but I have seen Stephanie Sue in Everything Ever All at Once. I think I'd be fine with Stephanie Sue, but Kerry Condon should win it. I'd also be fine with any of the Everything Everywhere people winning. That's true. Animated feature really film, we have Game of Thrones, Pinocchio, Marcella Show with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire Light and Tar, Costume Design, Babylon, Black Panther, 
Elvis, everything, ever, all at once. It should be everything, everywhere. Miss Harris goes to Paris and directing my uh, Banshee of Venice Sharon, Martin McDonough, everything, ever, all at once. The Daniels, Fable wins, Steven Spielberg, Tar, Todd Field, and Triangle of Sadness with Ruben Ostland. I think they're going to, instead of giving Fable wins best picture, they're going to give directing to Spielberg so he feels satisfied. I mean, it is it is probably Spielberg's best directing outside of Schindler's List, I would say. Have you seen The Fablemans? Uh, no. You should. It's really good. So many movies, man. Come on. Uh, I know. Music, original <laughs> score. I gotta we, catch up this year. That's fair, that's fair. Original score, we it's have... It's gonna be Hurwitz. I'm just saying. We have All Quiet with uh, Volker Bertelman, Babylon for Justin Hurwitz, Carter Burwell for Banshee of the Venetian, Sun Lux for Everything Everywhere, and Fablemans with John Williams. It's gonna be Justin Hurwitz. It's gonna be Justin Hurwitz. He just... He, that's what he does. All right. Best picture. I'm best gonna picture. skip over original song. Unless you want to hear him really No, bad. I think we need to get a Best Picture, and then we probably got to get into our 100 of movies. Just you wait. About. Best Picture, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Banshee's of Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I think I think they might give it to All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, wow. There's been a and big push lately. I've, I've seen that, and I mean, that was a fantastic movie. I still haven't and seen they, it And they it love movies like that. It's it on the list. really good. I think All Quiet's going to win a lot more than people think. Yeah. I mean, there's been a big push lately. Big well, push. My, my thought about that movie was just how quickly you get into the story, and there's really no build-up to it, but you, you understand what's going on right off the bat. They understand, all right, we don't need to really establish much, so we're just going to get into it. And, I mean, it's, it's man. And that's kind of how the book deep. went, if I recall. Yes. Because the book kind of drops you right in the middle yeah. of the chaos, which is it's one, in of, the one book, of the reasons the opening is based on excellent. his journaling. He right. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Okay. That's I right. I think so. I hope they don't give it to Elvis, but they love. So that reminds me of a fun fact I saw, actually. So in the last, I think it was 30 years or so, there's only been two Oscar ceremonies where all four acting categories have gone to fictional characters, meaning that, that is they why, love biopics. That is why I think Elvis is going to win. And they love people playing real characters, mm. which is bizarre to me because, like, again, um, to cite an example of one that probably didn't deserve to win is when um, Rami Malik won for Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Like, that was just, eh, I don't, like, I think they're going to they, get they it. They love the biopics, and I get it at some points. Like, I think Austin Butler's biopic performance is probably the best one in recent memory. Dating they're going to give it to him. Dating back to Johnny Cash and Walk the Line in terms of the musical biopic performances. But, or no, 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 as in Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash and Walk the Line. Sorry. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I liked Elvis, and I think Austin Butler's great in it, and I think he he gets his flowers for getting a nomination, but I think that's where the line should be drawn. He's gonna get. He's gonna win, but I don't think it's gonna win Best Picture. But I'm kind of scared that they might. No, pull it that. won't win Best Picture. I think the like the top three that have a legitimate shot. I'll tell you top four: All Quiet, Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Elvis. No, you said you said chance to win though. Banshee's of Sharon. But you said that you think Elvis they'll give it to him. I think you're. They're you're gonna right. give him Best Actor, and I'm not happy about that because it should go to Paul Mescal. But whatever. We know. By the way, so I was looking through our old notes, Davis. I forgot that Paul Mescal is going to be in the new Gladiator movie. He is going to be in the new Gladiator. So right. and that 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 was in the notes for the MCU Phase Three episodes. Yep. There you go. Your guy is going to be in that one. That's another movie that Davis has been on my neck to watch. I, I ordered the Blu-ray, so you can borrow it. After Sun, apparently another great Oscar film, and well. With that, I think it's time to move on, unfortunately. Mercilessly. I, I hope Everything Everywhere or Banshees of Inishirin win Best Picture. And even so, oh my gosh, so the Daniels posted something um, a few days ago about how, like, yesterday was a year ago today that they released Everything Everywhere and how they just were like, 
they like it like just thought it'd be fun to release 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 their indie film they'd been working on and now of course it's the movie yeah. of the year movie of the decade might as well be. I was talking to Alex about when can we start saying it's best all time or one of best all time. I have to give it. A, I have to I give it a five, year, five years, a couple years, just because recency bias is a dangerous thing. You know what I mean? It's it's, think, it's hard I to be. I think you can look bias. at this like away from recency bias to be like this is consensus ten out of tens for a lot of people, which doesn't happen often. Well, it's and, might win. It's most winning all time apparently. Yeah. Oscars haven't even happened. True, and it could win Best Picture and sweep the acting awards if it wanted to. And, and that's Go the thing ahead. I haven't seen it, and I've just I, I have not heard a single bad thing about that movie. I, yeah. I've only seen positive reviews and heard you need to watch this movie. And obviously, I haven't yet. But I mean, I'll, I'll wait for the Oscars and then I'll go watch it. Even Gra- the only oh sorry go ahead. Grayson Dennis. made a really good point. We were talking about like at what point can we be like this is the best of all time? We I think we have to wait we wait a little bit and see how much this affects the landscape of movies. Mm. True because I think it's going to have an impact. I think um I think it already has. Two things number 1, the only negative opinion I've ever heard about this movie was not even negative. It was just that my grandpa saw it and found it to be a little overstimulating, which is fair because, well... It's a maximalist my, movie. Exactly. My, and my grandpa's I've heard people old, just so. called it overrated and stuff. Which people it's love. Just, throw, they love throwing that yeah, word around, don't they? they? Nice buzzword. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, I see people like this thing. Well, it must be overrated. I'm like, just state your own opinion. State whether you like it or dislike it. But people love to use overrated to make a critique when it's not really a critique. Yeah, I think, I think that's, again, we're going to... Get it like filler. We're gonna get into a lot of overrated stuff later on, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's just that's your opinion of yeah. Just say you don't like it as much as others. That's, yeah, but that's, pe- people love throwing that word around like it's factual. And yeah. I'm like, that's not really how it exists. And number two, Davis, I was gonna say this um, about everything ever, and then we'll certainly move on. I think we're really gonna see, you know, and we're gonna talk about it today with Shang Chi, obviously that. Um, Asian representation in film and in Hollywood has grown exponentially over the past few years. Obviously, I'm going to direct everyone's attention to James Hong, James Hong's speech at the SAG Awards, where he talked about how, in his first ever film with Clark Gable, producers told him that Asians were not box office. And now, look at everything all at once being the biggest movie of the year. Not financially, but culture. people want to talk about cultural impact with Avatar – there are a few movies that have had as much discussion generated as everything everywhere, and I really want to see how that goes. Also, let's be clear. Um, take the entire cast in that movie, put them in every other movie. Put Kiwi Kwan in every movie you can find. Stephanie Sue, put her in everything. Keep James Hong said he's not going to retire yet because he's getting good. Roles. He's been in 650 movies. He was in Airplane. He was in Kung Fu Panda. I think he was in... You know, he's not in Indiana Jones. No, that's Kiwi Kwan. No, Alex. I, I know, I'm, mess- I'm messing. I'm I messing. just remember him... Dressed like an airline, like he was wearing a uniform. That might have been an airplane, though. That could have been an airplane. Well, with that, I think it's probably time to move on to the MCU Phase 4, which had recently come to an end in November. We might touch on Ant-Man just to discuss where Phase 5 is heading. That's Phase 5? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I didn't realize that was Phase 5. Yeah, Wakanda Forever is the end of Phase 4, technically. Oh, man, that may... See, it's funny because I I recently watched Ant Man and I thought, oh, that thinking of his face was like, all right, that's somewhat redeeming of what we've all seen through Phase Four. But that that woof woof. Yeah, it's it's the oof. start of a new phase, which might be more of a problem depending on it who could, you ask. It could be, like I said, I thought it was. It, I don't want to get too far into Ant Man since it's not Phase Four, but I just think that it actually takes a. Nice step in the right direction. It might not have been the best movie, but the story at least advances. I 
Which... I think we're definitely going to talk about that at the very end because I sort okay. of agree with that in the fact that it introduced interesting ideas. I just don't think it executed it the way that it yeah. could have, Again, in my opinion. I think that's going to be the consensus on a lot of these a lot of interesting ideas and a lot of execution mistakes. Now, again, let's talk about Phase 4 contextually. Phase 4 primarily is created during the COVID-19 era. Things were very, very different. There are very, a lot of evidence of shows being cut to pieces. We're going to talk about that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and an entire plot line that got kicked to the curb because of COVID and just how it changed everything. It also just changed the way that the movies were filmed, leading to heavy reliance on CGI to a issue at a certain point. But let's start off with the show that started Phase 4, the show that kind of took over the world for a few weeks as it was being released. WandaVision, the film that stars Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Deborah Jo, Rupp, Fred Melamed, Catherine Han. And many more, Tiana Paris, Randall Park, Kat Dennings, Evan Peters, and it's created by Jack Schaefer and directed by Matt Shackman with a duo of Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez with the theme music while Christoph Beck as the composer and cinematographer from Jess Hall, edited by four people. This show released in early 2021 to much fanfare. I only just watched it over winter break. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't like it. I really don't. And I, this was this is a bad omen for how Phase Four yeah. goes for me. But I thoroughly did not enjoy this show when it came out. I watched the first two episodes and I didn't really like it a whole lot. However, I, I'll chalk that up to being kind of just out of gas on Marvel because that's the End Game highs had just ended, right. so now it's a very it's a very steep drop off to bringing it back down to earth again. But I don't like it. Well, again, it's also leading into this depressing time in the in the MCU True. in in that universe where it's just everyone trying to figure things out, and it certainly felt like people writing these shows and directing these shows, as well as the movies, are trying to figure things out. It, it, it's kind of a weird, almost parallel with the actual universe and how the movies we see them as. And I liked the show when it came out. I've gone back and watched it, and I think. Yeah, some I, I I got caught up in the hype a little bit, thinking this show was really good, but I, I I do think, unfortunately, it still is up there as one of my favorites out of the in, the Phase Four shows. I, I, honestly, oh, I, I agree. I agree with that based on what I've seen in Phase yeah. Four. Of, of the Phase Four shows I watch, it's definitely in the top. And I think number one, it's the most ambitious Marvel project, yeah. other than Werewolf by Night, which I still haven't watched, but I'll call that the second most ambitious, at least in concept-wise. This is probably the most ambitious show or t- movie project that Marvel ever put forth, that Feige ever put forth. But I do think you see a lot of that in early Phase Four in the fact that I don't think there was a plan after Endgame. I really don't. I don't think Agreed. there was a whole lot of planning to a lot of this. And I think that happens because when you're doing something like Infinity War and Endgame, you've got to put all your creative effort into that to make it work. I mean, I remember doing Phase 3 and reading off the cast list. Everybody that was ever in Marvel was in that in that movie at some point or another. And with all that, what happens when it ends? And what happens when it ends and you go from that ending so you get Spider-Man Far From Home, and then you go into a pandemic, and you have to work around that along with creatively finding your own direction, and I think you lose a lot of that. Now, for me, my issues with this show start at the beginning because, 
Like, I get that it's an omen to, like, older shows at the start. And obviously, once the mystery starts unfolding at, like, episode three, it picks up. But the first two episodes are just bad old television. Like, I've seen I Love Lucy, and that's good TV. It's just a bad spoof of bad television is all that that is. And I get it. It's... Again, it's an interesting concept, and it's cool, and I like the way that they changed the shot co- shot design to mimic each decade. Again, they do a lot. There's a lot of detail to this that elevates it past that, but concept-wise, I just don't think it executes things the way that I want to. For example, if I may, I think this is where the character of Wanda Maximoff is grossly mishandled in the fact that she's a terrorist. She yeah. is. She she has kidnapped thousands of people. And in this show, we have one character go, she's kidnapped and holding hostage thousands of people. And one character in this show says, and I quote, and it could have been thousands more. Which is maybe the worst exchange of dialogue I've heard, except later on in the same show when she says, they'll never know what you sacrificed. She's like, that won't change how they look at me. Yeah, because you kidnapped them. It doesn't take a stance. Make her a villain. I don't care. Make her horrible. She is being horrible. But it just doesn't It doesn't stick that. It has to put in this, well, actually, well, it could have been worse. Okay, and? I think that leads into, you're right, make her a villain. And I think Marvel and, and a lot of these more modern franchises, whatever it may be, is afraid to do that because of potential backlash. But I think Wanda would make a great villain, and it seemed like they tried to do it in a movie. We'll discuss later that it might have been <laughs> the worst MCU movie of all time, honestly. It's, and it still failed. Yeah. And it still failed. Because they don't know what they're doing. I think that they kind of try to take this twist of, oh, she's just really down bad. <laughs> and they twisted it with, she's terrorizing these people with just being down bad. So, yeah, I agree that they kind of mishandled her character. It, I think it worked out, oh, like I said, I really liked it when it first came out. I don't like it as much as time has passed, but I think it was okay if they had followed it up better. Yeah, exactly, because that's things. I'll give it that. I, again, watching it, I was still just in, like, there's another line where Monica goes, goes to Wanda and is like, don't let... Um, the whatever the military guy that she's working under that's like made the white vision, right, whatever his name is, she's right. like, don't let him make you a villain. I'm like, um, yeah, girl, you, you are you kidnapped like you kidnapped. Time. I just I wish they would have followed through with it. Like I and I don't want to cite this movie because it's talk about a movie that after the hype has kind of gotten a little criticized and fairly like for all the criticism of the Joker. They make that dude crazy, and that's that. There's there's not a well, the, like he's crazy, and that's the end of it. That is the that is the movie. He's crazy. He's a villain. It's there. Go home. You've seen it. This movie, like I just wish they had followed through with it and stuck to it. Stick to your guns and take a stance. And I agree with you, Jacob. I think one hundred percent nail on the head. You are right in the fact that they were probably afraid to do it because we've seen her commit all kinds of atrocities, and there's still Twitter accounts telling us that she's the hero of the story. And I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Anyway, Davis, you 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 you've been holding your tongue a few times. Go right ahead. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this show except it started out. It started the thing of like hiding the villain to the last episode, yeah. and then also it played us with Evan Peters as Quicksilver the whole time, which was so stupid. And then it just had like a a, a vein or a, a joke, a phallic joke at the end to as the joke for his name. 
It's like, oh, actually, he's not Quicksilver. He's just Ralph Boner. <laughs> One of the worst jokes. I, I would. I. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. What here's a what, stupid. Like no, even more so, Davis. As dumb of a joke as that is, you know what's even more annoying is when Peters looks at the camera and says "ha ha boner" and then like winks at the audience. I, I've always hated that kind of self-indulgent comedy. Ever yeah. dating back to. Endgame, when everybody starts talking about how great Captain America's speeches are, and it's literally the screenwriters telling themselves that they're great at writing. That's what that is. That's, oh, wow, you're really good at writing this speech. What? It's the same thing where characters make a joke and go, that joke's pretty funny. And the same thing when... I thought they were going to introduce the X-Men into the MCU, so I was kind of excited. I was like, hey, I want to see how they do this. And it's just like, no, his name's Boner. I actually have a a couple notes on why they cast Peters, and it's going to make you go, uh... So let's just bear with me for a moment. So Schaefer noted that this recasting worked for the series on a meta level by playing on the sitcom trips of recasting characters without much fuss and also of having a relative arrive in town who stirs things up with the sitcom's family. Furthermore, Shackman said Peter's role in the series was a way to play with the audience's expectation in a similar way to Ben Kingsley playing Trevor Slattery in Iron Man 3. I'm sure that went well. In which the character posed as the Mandarin. Schaefer likened Peter's performance to a mixture of the characters Jesse Cass... Katsopolis from Full House, Nick Moore from Family Ties, and Joey Tribbiani from Friends. However, again, when you compare it to one of the worst twists in recent memory, being the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3, maybe that's where you've started off on the wrong foot, guys. Mm. I really didn't like that part. Also thought, again, the fact that they they made a joke about Wanda's accent coming and going, which just excused the fact that they can't keep a consistent character accent, which... Again, that's that's not that's a nitpicky thing, but the bar is also so low. Just have a character talk in one accent the whole time, even if it sounds stupid. Just have him do it. Like, if you don't want to talk like that, then and maybe that was a Joss Whedon idea. Whatever. I, anyway, I don't know. I just I feel like this show has a lot of interesting concepts, and I like again the vision stuff is really interesting. Right. I like that. That's cool. And Paul Paul Bettany does a great job. I think he plays two characters and has to have them fight each other. I think that's that's enough there. I just don't. I just don't think the Wanda stuff, like, ending, like, she said, thank you for, or, like, she thanks the kids for choosing her to be her mom, and I'm like, no, you created them. This is all a figment of your imagination. You've started all of this. And she's like, at least I didn't do this on purpose, is what she said to Agnes. I'm like, okay, stop. Like, does being sad excuse me to to kidnap thousands of people? Because that's what this show is telling me. So, again, this show is towards the top of my list of favorite shows in this phase because, there are redeeming qualities, and as we've mentioned, I think some of it was just not executed well enough, or there wasn't a linear thought for this show and how the characters were going to uh, really develop. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what why I was I, I enjoyed it a lot more the first time around when the hype was around it and everything, and I, I watched it again. I'm like. Especially after Doctor Strange and things, I'm like, oh gosh, yikes! It just, I don't, I just don't think it, it takes anything in, and I just think even then it's kind of confusing because also there's the fact that apparently Agatha is controlling it, but it never explains how it was her all along. And then, well, I think that's, I think that's the writers and directors trying to make it seem like Wanda isn't the villain, but they can't actually explain right, it because exactly. they already, they are, because I think even more so, like you said, it's like. So there is this, not fallacy with screenwriting, but this problem with screenwriting where you write the ending and you try and get there. I think they wrote this concept of, oh my gosh, guys, what if she kidnaps a town because she's really depressed? And it's like, okay. But then they have no idea how to 
build that into an actually complex story where it just sounds like they're shouting at the audience not to be angry at the villain of the story. True. Because she is the villain of the story. And that's where where Monica just feels like a, guys, we have to make sure everybody knows that she's not the bad guy. So have Monica tell us all that she's not the bad guy because she's not the bad. She's the bad guy. And just stick with it. She she is the villain. Kind of an she, interesting conflicted villain, but they they wouldn't. They, they they just didn't. It just didn't, and it's not. It, it's just annoying. And and furthermore, again, let's I not, think, let's not stay too long on one division. Right. Yeah, sorry. Just, just for the record, it's just the one that I remember having a lot of gripes with. One last thing, I think at the end, like Agatha steals all of Wanda's powers, and then Wanda's like, "No, keep taking more of it," and that's how she defeats. I I don't Who understand cares? how that works. Like, anyway. I was gonna say we should not get caught up on any kind of superhero fair yeah fair. in these in these movies and shows i fair. i think we've seen it all fair. maybe not which is scary <laughs> because <laughs> you know you never do know yeah you, you never you <laughs> never do oh, know boy that's fair so why don't we go ahead and move on with the last bit of rating i'll give wandavision a honestly i'll give it a six which is harsh but that's why i can land with it do i have to rate it <laughs> yes i guess like a six i don't know I'll go a little higher, 6.5. I haven't watched it in two years. That's fair, that's know. fair. Okay, okay, fair, fair. I watched it a little more recently, but yeah, I would say like a 6.5. And again, Elizabeth Olsen is brilliant, though, so thumbs up to her. They yeah, got a great actor. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, we're going to move on to another MCU show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, oh, which stars oh. Sebastian Stan, and Anthony Can we be Mackie, quick with this one? Wyatt I mean, Russell, Aaron Kellyman, and Danny Ramirez. George St. Pierre makes an appearance. Danielle Bruhl as Helmet Zemo. All right, all Emily right, Van all Camp, right. Camp, and it's created by Malcolm Spellman and directed by Kari Scotland. I'll, I'll handle this one real quick. <laughs> we have, like, 27 things to talk about. I know. So let's not spend Sorry, 10 minutes I, on Sorry, I got too caught up on WandaVision. Uh, this, this show is fine. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. Anthony Matt. <laughs> If you give me a moment, please. Anthony Mackie's cool as Captain America. I think it's cool that they committed to him being Captain America, but they copped out on all the villains. They were like, oh, this villain's actually interesting. Oh, they're actually evil. Oh, this villain's actually interesting. No, they're evil, but they're good again now. But they're evil, and they kill somebody, but they're good, and they're bad. And then he, and then Anthony Mackie preached to all the Congress people about racism, which was a good TikTok, was a good social media moment. It was it was fine. Except except the part where he I'll says, "What should we six. do?" and he's like, "I don't know. That's not yeah. my job. Just, but figure it out." Which is a horrible line of dialogue. Yes. You, you, you summed it up well because I just think Anthony Mackie is going to make, and the Falcon is going to make a great Captain America, and we're going to see that I think in a movie at some point. But holy cow! I mean, that show just didn't show me it. I was like, "All right, I love the character, but give him a story." They didn't give him anything. Yeah. Like he, he just kind of ran around and did a few things yeah. that didn't turn out to matter that much because, Absolutely. like, like you said, it's just these villains didn't really. It almost felt like there were no consequences. It was just like, oh yeah, oh this person is just trying to. I mean, it's almost kind of like the Bond. They're not the villain. Come on, like make them bad. And like, and then like the Flag Smashers, who are maybe the depth conflicted villains just start yeah. blowing people up and yeah. the, at the end of the show like all of a sudden they're just incinerating they're like, oh, you actually people. they actually have a good point so we have to make them the worst terrorist you could ever imagine in your life <laughs> they're so just you blowing up like don't they blow up like a building near an orphanage or yeah. something yeah. crazy you're like oh they're actually kind of like an oh wait they just blew somebody yeah. up yeah never <laughs> mind like anymore yeah like it, there's actually a complexity what happens to the people that get blipped and come back and their entire life is gone and again that's also to the point of waiting to the last second to really show what these people are about. And I'm like, you can have them, you can establish how 
villainous they are early on in a series yeah. or in a movie. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be the final episode and a half or the final twenty. Like let's see it, let's see it, and let's let, let's actually give them a freaking story. That that's my. And then you just fumble the John Walker bag, which I think oh. Wyatt Russell gives a great performance in my opinion. Yeah. I think I think he's really good. However, again. You know, he said he was attracted to the character's dichotomies. There aren't really. He kills a guy on national television, basically, and is is going through the whole oh, super soldier serum makes him crazy, which is a classic trope that still works. But then at the end, he's like, actually, I'm going to help the, the he- heroes. He's not what? racist anymore. Yeah. It- <laughs> <laughs> this speech really got to him. Yeah, I was going to say. What are we going to do now? <laughs> I just... And and talk about things that are shamelessly set up. It's just because oh, we have to have U.S. agent Thunderbolt, so we have to make him a like not a horrible person. Who cares? It's like in Suicide Squad, make the villains villains. Who cares? But again, just a complete miss at every point. I think again the acting is is good. I think Sebastian Stan does well. I again really like the concept of the first black super soldier and the fact that he's like gone and you can't find that, that. Good idea. A lot of great concepts. But again, when it all leads to a, it's not my job, but figure it out, dummies. Like, it's not a super complex situation of 50% of all life vanishing. It was just, it was Marvel, like, taking a stand. But then they're like, we're not actually going to, though, because people, this would, this would make a lot of our base watch it mad if we took a real stand on it. Man. Just like every just like every new movie, they're like, this is our first gay couple, and then they're like, oh, but we could remove it if we really wanted to. Yeah, but to. they're in it for like 10 seconds. Or or uh, how Taika Waititi described Thor Love and Thunder as so gay. And well, that was a that was a lie, by the way. But anyway, we'll yeah. get to that when we get there, yeah. won't we? So, and we'll get to, get to that movie. But Falcon and Winter Soldier. Before we get into the rating, again, like WandaVision, it's kind of scary that that one was towards the top. This one isn't all the way at the bottom for me. Yeah. Like, it, again, it, it does enough well, it, it, I think, to again, get... And again, I think it's because of the characters and the fact that I like them and I have a previous basis for them yeah. that I'm like, all right, I understand who these characters are and what, hopefully what the plan is for them that, okay, this is fine. Which again, like I said, I think, I think WandaVision I would have ranked higher before Doctor Strange. And after that, I was like, well, they just kind of, meh. So. Yeah, and how will Falcon Winter Soldier be affected by Captain America: The New World Order, which will star Anthony Mackie? Um, so, the, and again, I like Anthony Mackie, but it's a matter of I don't know how to execute it. But let's go ahead and give this one a rating: six, five. <laughs> I think I think it executes a lot worse than one of his. I thought the flag have. smashers were interesting until they turned them into super evil terrorists. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm giving it. I remember watching it. I'm like. The leap, anyway. I was like, I, I'm oh, sorry. these guys I, are actually pretty interesting. I think these are what? Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Oh, genocide. Okay, awesome. I'm giving it a four. I, oh wow! I don't like. Okay, actually, for the rest of these, since Helen, you're the only one that wanted has watched them. Well, no, we're go- we're still going in order, but we'll just. Are you talking about for the shows? For the shows, there's one that I have not watched. I was uh, gonna say like I give him a timer and he just goes through them. That, real I quick. think all right, right now. Yeah, right now. Okay, I'll give you a five minute timer. So Miss Marvel, I've I seen am, Hawkeye though, so we'll talk about that okay. one at the end. So yeah, Miss Marvel, I have not watched. But where the, the hell is the timer? Oh, I found it. I found yeah. it. It's in the clock. <laughs> all right, so moving on to Loki. This one, I I mean, this one is clear front runner for best Phase Four show, period. Because I just think that it actually relates to the story, the multiverse saga. Yeah, th- this is what that should be about. What everything it showed in it, and I just think that uh, Tom Hiddleston, he's just an incredible actor. I mean, he is 
just he's good. He, he's just really good, and he he plays the Loki character amazingly. And it also, I was, going into it, I was kind of, I was wondering how they were going to because obviously the Loki show has been talked about forever, literally since the original Avengers movie. It's like, how are we going to keep using Loki? And I was like, all right, are they going to mess this up like they have with some of these other other characters? And no, I think that they actually made Loki a very interesting story and how he kind of discovers himself and, and figures things out. So I, I really liked him seeing the different versions of himself and, and everything about it. I thought that that was actually a very interesting concept, especially leading into the multiverse and how that was all going to work. So. Loki, far and away, my favorite Phase Four show. That's, that's so what far. I heard. And getting a season one. two, so it's, I, yeah, that's the one that I actually considered watching. Yeah, yeah. And I actually will. I, I just, watched one episode. It was, the time, the it was time was running out, but I definitely will. I would recommend watching it because I, I just think this one actually has substance and, and, and it brings you into the story of the MCU. I would give this one an eight. I, I, I think it was really good. I, I can, think I it can was work solid. with that. I can work with that. Yeah. All right, what if? Did you see what if? What if was really good, and obviously with the you know it's it's tough with the. It's kind of like Star Wars, the animated stuff. It's hard for me to compare it to the live action, but I do think, again, like Star Wars... It did tie in. Exactly. It ties in, and it does a really good job. I don't know exactly how much is going to tie in down the road. Yeah. So, again, this is also one of my favorites. Like, I would rank... It would be Loki, What If, then WandaVision, my top three shows of the Phase 4, and I, I would give... Uh, I gave Loki an 8, WandaVision a 6, I'm giving What If a 7. There you go. Because I I just think it covered a wide range of things. It's kind of, all right, if you like the MCU, you get everything. You get everything from it and just see the different concepts that things could have gone down, whatever. I have seen the clip where, like, like super smart Ultron notices the Watcher, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I I really do need to watch it. I know I probably would like it. I I just got so MCU'd out after a time, I just... Yeah, I don't I, know if I could. Listen, the only two I would tell you to watch is Loki and What If. There you go. So then what's left? I guess you said you haven't seen Ms. Marvel, but I know the Marvels are coming out, so I'm probably going to have to watch that right. ahead of time. And I've heard it's pretty good. And then I guess what's left is... Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. So right. let's go Hawkeye. Since... Right. So I just finished watching that yesterday. Ugh. I just don't. Yeah. It... Is he deaf now? That, yes. Yeah. So like, they're like, "Oh, why are you never?" It's like, "Um," and it just shows a lot of explosions, and it's like, "Oh, that's why." Okay. I should have committed that it, way earlier because it's based on a very famous comic where he's deaf. Yeah, right? it it's is. a very good comic. And of it. This, they're like, "Oh, well, he's deaf now." This show also has one of my least favorite tropes in new comic book films, which is when characters design the exact suits from the comic books, and the characters in the show go, "That's so stupid. Why would I ever wear that?" Yeah. I'm like, "Why? Yeah. Why?" I, and I, and I like Haley Seinfeld, but I just thought. I don't know if they did her character justice. Yeah. I thought that they could have done a lot more with it. She's very second fiddle. And made her not... I mean, I, at times I found her annoying. That's and fair. I try... And I tell myself, especially with, with you know, these younger characters, whether it's an Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars The Clone Wars or, or whatever it is, don't get too annoyed with them because they're kind of they're kids they're supposed, they're supposed to, to be, be. Yeah. I, I didn't like the way they did her character though it just kind of yeah it bugged me yeah and i think i think it also kind of missed the mark on a chance to carry that ronin storyline from avengers sure. endgame because you know we we i remember watching that movie and criticizing it for the fact that he killed thousands of people most likely and nobody really cares mm-hmm. and instead this this show carries that with the tracksuit mafia is the main group that he's upset is a bunch of dudes that are a, a walking punchline and i think that's just a miss 
on, on that mark. And I just think it's just it's just okay. I'd give it a five. Yeah, that maybe. one. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the four point five. Is barely better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. to me. Uh, I thought the villains were more interesting. That's about it. I like that Wilson Fisk was in it. I guess. Yeah, yeah that was, it was pretty. It. it was pretty cool. But everything else was a little absurd. And then lastly, you got Moon Knight and She Hulk. So Moon Knight, I, I this one, I'm very I, this. I'm going to go ahead and start with the rating as five because I'm just completely indifferent on it. I found I found it inter I found it entertaining. I just don't know how much substance there was to it. I I I found the arc uh, fulfilling, but I just don't know. If I if I'm ever gonna go back and watch it, like I don't think it's something I'm ever gonna rewatch. I like the, when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I like it. I enjoyed it. But I feel like when I go back and watch it at some point, if I ever do, I'm gonna be like, yeah, that, I, yeah, yeah, that's just how I'm gonna feel. Nah. Yeah, I saw again. I saw the first two episodes, and I was immediately sort of just jarred by how bad the visual effects were. Well, and that's a whole another. St- I I think I have a whole spiel about that that i'm gonna at the end when we're done with the movies and stuff that i can talk about but that i'm I, i'm not really taking that that kind of stuff into a into account for these yet because i just they're all kind of bad yeah in my opinion that's fair um i i thought moon knight was interesting it was entertaining i don't know how intriguing it is to some that that's my issue and again where it goes next i don't, I don't think it ties into anything that's the point no i don't think it yeah. will but and then lastly, She-Hulk. Yeah. Heavily criticized by many, mostly incels, especially you got mad at the memes about incels. But outside of those criticisms, lauded at it just for the fact that it was. I like a that it tried. I like that it. Tr- yeah, I like that it tried something different. Try something new. Uh, I thought they. So at first, I really liked the part where she was self-aware, talking to the camera, things like that. Then they did it too much, and I was like, all right. We can. That is like her whole thing in the comics. Yeah, which can be very t- like I don't feel, I don't find Deadpool very funny because yeah, his, like his, his old bit kind of gets old pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like again, yeah, I found that to be specifically in Thor: Love and Thunder almost an issue where it wasn't fourth wall breaks. But it was like how many pop culture meta references can yeah. you make before I'm just like okay, and I'm like, all right, it was cool seeing Banner and doing that kind of stuff, but. It was also just like I just I don't know I don't see how she fits into the the MCU story at all either because she's very street level right street level just doesn't seem to care and obviously that's how a lot of characters go and they end up being your biggest heroes and stuff but I, I just yeah I, I don't know it just did not really it didn't hit me the way I thought it would going from. The Incredible Hulk to obviously kind of the same thing, but a different character. Like, I was hoping for a bigger splash. And how was Banner a human again? He, no, he, I mean, Smart Hulk. Yeah, but then he, then he figured out how. Oh, to yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back. I don't, I mean, he has, like, he has like a device that incredible. Yeah, yeah he has what a device. What a lazy that, end to the Hulk character. That's what I was you saying. Do you want to know why? Why? He has a device that like sucks up the gamma radiation. Or yeah, something. it's something weird. It's. He has it on his. He has like wears it on his arm. The 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 it mishandling was, of that character dating back to Avengers: Age of Ultron and to now is quite unfortunate. I think they just didn't want to do the CGI for Hulk the whole time. That and honestly, like, I feel like it's another character where he can do so much and be so powerful that it's tough to make that a story without making it really unrealistic. That's fair. 
And that's kind of unfortunate because he's such a popular character. I mean, I would say, I mean, other than Spider-Man, probably the most popular character. Just if, if you if you lined up every main character in in, the, in these movies, everyone would be able to name Spider-Man, and then I think everyone would be able to name Incredible Hulk, and then everyone else, it's crapshoot. Who knows? That's a good point. That's so good point. it's unfortunate in that sense, and I wish they'd give. I wish there was a way. It's too late now. You've already screwed it up. There's no way to go back and give him his, his development. Due. Yeah, like, it's just, it's kind of, well, they messed it up. Yeah. Nothing and you can do about it. It's just a watch, isn't it? Well, thank you, Jacob, for that rundown of all the shows because that's really well, part of what we needed here because we just haven't watched all of them. But yeah, now we can move on into the movies again, starting off with the first movie of Phase 4 and the last movie of Scarlett Johansson's MCU career. Black Widow, a film mired in controversy from the jump due to its push to streaming service, which led to Johansson, I believe, suing Marvel for breach of contract. Yeah. I actually watched this one in theaters. This really? Is, this is the first movie I watched in theaters post-COVID. Interesting. Yeah, I did not go to see theaters. I watched it just over winter break on Disney+. Plus. This film is basically, I think, already felt very heavy-handed in just giving Johansson her due after the character had already died. Yeah. And this was just a. I'm sure well, they had like a contract where like, oh yeah, we'll give you a movie, and they just never got around to it. like, I'm, oh, I guess we'll make you your part movie. Of, part of me honestly believes that with the way that this works, because this film is almost more of a vehicle to introduce Florence Pugh's character Yelena versus. I mean, it is sort of a send off for Johansson, but that also all happens in Endgame. So I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> the post credit scene where she's at her grave is kind of nice, but then Elaine shows up and oh, does the whole geez. thing. Valentina, and also let's let's not oh. forget that this film raises the question of why there was never a moment in Endgame where you know maybe Natasha could mourn the fact that her sister is gone. Yeah, and that I th- doesn't happen. The thing about this movie, the, you mentioned the post credits. I mean, that was all lead up to Hawkeye, which disappointed. So, I kind of, when I look at this movie, I was so excited for it because of the post-COVID part of it. First time back in a theater, you know, I like I, I like Natasha Romanoff as a character. I like Black Widow as a character. And I thought, okay, because she just, you know, got killed randomly at the end of it, not really a... It, it was kind of a twist, like, whoa, didn't expect that. Uh, you, you should have, but I didn't really expect it. I kind of thought they would do it a different way. It was like, all right, th- this would be a nice way. I was like, yeah. It was more of an introduction of different characters, and she was just kind of the driver of it. Yeah, That's just, how I looked at it. I, I agree 100%, and that, that's one of its greatest flaws is that – and again, it, how do you make people care about a movie about a character that's already dead? Yeah. How, how do you make – it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. And I think it's – I was excited for it too because – in a part because Johansson really showed her acting chops in Infinity War and Endgame particularly. She stood out amongst that cast in a lot of ways. And I think she's a really good actress when she's given a lot of good material. They haven't given her a lot to do in the MCU anyway. Obviously, Avengers Age of Ultron makes her a punchline for most of that movie, which is still stupid and makes me very angry to this day. And this film, I don't know. I mean, it just – I think there's good chemistry between all the cast. They brought in a lot, Rachel Wise and David Harbour, Florence Pugh. That's a great group. You picked you picked good people to put, build this movie around, obviously. And you've got Ray Winston as Dr- Drykov. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's good. But 
it just I just feel like the execution's kind of flat. It's directed by Kate Shortland, screenplay by Eric Pearson, and only made three hundred seventy nine million dollars, despite it costing two hundred million dollars. That's a box office failure. Because again, as we've talked about before in the show, the math for box office, you take the budget and multiply it by two, and that's how much money they actually spent. So they have to make almost double that to really generate a profit because you have to give half the money you make to a theater or some crazy amount. Anyway, beside the point. I just think it it just missed the mark for me in a lot of ways. I found it pretty boring. And again, yeah, that I agree. I agree with that. That that was like I said, it was a bunch of introducing new characters and trying to kind of oh, this is why they're important to to to, to Natasha and how she knows them and yada 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 and it just kind of felt like a whole setup to the finale and the finale was just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I was and again, it's it's all about the execution of these movies. They're trying I think they're trying too much cuz obviously you've had two dozen movies at least now where all right, how can we be more creative and how can we do these things differently? And it just I don't think they've really hit the mark yet. Yeah. On, I- on any of these movies. I I agree with that 100%. Again, I think the cast does a good enough job trying to carry this movie to the finish line. I do think it's really odd that there's a crack about William Hurt looking ill in this movie because he was. Mm -hmm. Because he he tragically passed away shortly after this film was made. I thought that was really odd. I don't know. It just kind of had me feeling very off when they made that joke. So I'm like, um... Maybe they didn't know, but I doubt they didn't know because he looks very different and it's very obvious that he's not healthy at that point. It's pretty clear but i thought that was really odd but again i just it's just i just think it just missed the mark and that i think it's some of our black widow thoughts let's give it a rating i think just a lot of these are baseline five i don't remember what so i give it on letterbox give it a two and a half so a five there you, there yeah you go. Th- this one i'm going i i i would say i disliked it so i'm gonna go with a four like i said i i thought it was yeah but overall i disliked it oh so i never actually did log it yeah I'm, I'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it that five i just think it I just didn't overall dislike it. I just thought that it was okay. But again, I liked I liked the stuff with Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson. Sometimes yeah, that's there, enough. There's intriguing stuff to it. Sometimes that's enough. And now we're going to move on to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Smoo Lee as um, Sean, Aquafina as Katie, Menger Zhang as Zhu Ziling, I think. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really bad at names. Benedict Wong as Wong. And Michelle Yeoh as Ying Nan, Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery, and Tony Lung as Zhu Wen Wu. The film is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Screenplay by Dave Callahan, Destin Daniel Cretton, and Andrew Lanham. And cinematography from William Pope, while music by Joel P. West. It released in September of 2021. It's 2 hours and 12 minutes. It cost $150 to $200 million to make. And it made $432.2 million at the global box office. A big movie culturally. Again, our first Asian superhero film, I believe, to date at this point. And a lot of importance there. This movie was very, again, very... Very big for that for that moment specifically. Again, still during post-COVID world, so it did not make nearly as much money as I think it probably could have. Mm-hmm. But I also just, ugh, I don't know, man. A lot of these movies, it's just... Well, and here's the thing. Going back to kind of what I was saying about my rankings of the TV shows, this is my second favorite Phase 4 movie. This is number two on my list of Phase 4 movies. I'm trying to think what my... And I... And I like this movie. I'm, I, I liked it. I, yeah, I, I didn't dislike it, so it's not that bad. 
I, I, I like this one a lot because I thought there were some there there were some good storylines in it, and I actually liked a lot of the comedy they did in it. I was I was when I saw some of the trailers, I was like, Ugh, this might be kind of cringe, but I thought some of it was well done. A lot of it was not, but I, I thought overall I could live with it. And I mean, honestly, I thought the worst comedic part of it was bringing back Trevor Slattery. I, I, it made I, I laugh. some of those are kind it, of funny. When he was playing dead, that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he no, he's a he's a hilarious character, but I just thought. This barely fits. In the, oh, that in the joke movie. when he was talking about the Planet of the Apes, how he didn't know the, they got the yeah. monkeys to ride the, the horses. That, <laughs> that made one, me laugh. Okay, that's a good point. And again, part of it is because Ben Kingsley is that good, and yeah. you gotta love Ben Kingsley. So Cretton, the director, actually felt it was, quote, essential mm-hmm. to hear Slattery admit how ridiculous the whole Mandarin impersonation right. situation was, as seen in Iron Man 3 and the Marvel one-shot short film All Hail the King, feeling that having Slattery apologize for impersonating Wen Wu was the perfect way to apologize for the racial stereotypes surrounding the Mandarin. And then, of course, that links to Zhu Wen Wu, who is Shang-Chi's father and the leader of the Ten Rings. He's an original character replacing Shang-Chi's original comic father, whose name was literally Fu Manchu. Mm. Which is horrid, by the way. Mm. A problematic character. Cretton felt that Long avoided Asian stereotypes and one-dimensional portrayal by bringing humanity and love to the role. I disagree with that second part. Describing Wen Wu as fully realized human with relatable reasons for his bad decisions. Long did not want to approach the character as a villain, instead hoping to explore the reasons behind why he's a man with history who craves to be loved. Describing him as a sociopath, a narcissist, and a bigot. Mm. I, okay, looking back at my notes, because to be honest, I've only seen this movie one time. I like a lot about it. I think that the action scenes are, again, very well directed. The bus mm-hmm. scene in, in particularly, I think they run a bit long at times where the, the one tension, on the bus did. The, one, the tension's just kind of gone. It's like stunt work, stunt work. And I'm like, this would be cool if it was like a live show. But stunt work on a movie doesn't really – and if it's not a one-shot, then you're being impressed that they're cutting the camera a lot. And it just doesn't have as much – to me, value as it could if it was done a little differently. Right. But again, the actions are done well. The music is really, really good. I, uh, which, again, people got on my neck about bringing that up a lot. This is the first time I've brought it up this episode. The music is really, really well done. I think the acting is great. The comedy is there. Sometimes I really don't like Aquafina's character. I don't like specifically Aquafina the fact that, that she like just suddenly becomes a not like you know an expert archer. I wrote it's like that down. So well. funny. I also don't buy the ending with the Mandarin. I just don't. I like. I don't buy the whole bringing this character with love. Like he's a, a, a leader of a gang that has killed in his lifetime thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. But it's just like, oh, my dad is like he saved me this. One. No, I, I didn't get it. I didn't buy it at all. I really didn't think that they they did enough there. And maybe it's because it got cut to pieces because it felt like his development was kind of all over the place. Like even that fight with his wife and whatnot. Was I was kind of confused. I was like, okay, so you're fighting and you're falling in love because you're. I I don't know. I yeah, just didn't. I didn't buy that get part. It, Alex, you've never been in a. You've never been in a magical martial arts. Sorry, like that's that. true. I never <laughs> have been in a magical martial arts, but I just didn't buy it personally. And that's. And again, I think this one is probably the best. It's. I'm gonna say it's the best movie, and probably in my opinion, technically, it's the best content we've talked about so far, other than maybe Wandavision. A lot of technical things done right. A lot of interesting concepts done right. I just think it misses the mark a few times for me that brought it down a few pegs because I think it could have gone places. But again, the cast is really good. Michelle Yeoh shows up, and that's always a win. Yeah, it is always a win. And the visual effects are pretty cool. Sammy I really, Susan as well. 
that sure seventy Sue isn't in. I freaked out when she was there. That was pretty cool. And I liked I liked that sort of ending with their friends and like, oh, actually, we do this. And like, now nah, you're making it up. That was funny. Like they brought that full circle. The visual effects are cool. Makes the dragon me, fight's a little cool. Makes you uh, very thankful that we didn't get Aquafina and everything everywhere like what's originally planned. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. To be honest. Well, now I wonder where this character goes because obviously Wong was a heavy part of this movie. That's true. In, in all honesty, he he was. A big part of it, especially at the end, and I'm wondering, all right, when are we going to see him next? Because I'd like to see Shang-Chi next. I, I, I want to see him again and, and and continue to develop his character, and whether that's on his own story or even with the multiverse saga, like, I, I, I'm intrigued and I want to see more of it because we've only seen that two hours and 12 minutes yeah. of it. And it was just an introductory. It was a so. lot of setup, a lot of establishing dynamics. Like, his sister all of a sudden is running the Ten Rings again. Sort yeah, of. that that was that was a little weird. I'm I'm a I'm afraid they're just gonna turn it into that it's gonna be like a whole cycle of yeah. that, and it's gonna be a show, and that's all it's gonna be. Whereas I I like to see him kind of expand more. I agree 100 percent out in the world, and I think I definitely feel like. It needs another film because, again, like the sister's development felt. Because, again, when she starts at the end, it's like, oh, she's running the organization. I'm like, this feels kind of out of left field. I didn't really get that. But, again, I liked a lot of the concepts. And, again, yeah. the cast is Oh, Ivan Drago was there. I think they could have beat him a lot earlier if they just got Adonis to show up and beat him up. Just he was? What? Ivan Drago. The guy that plays Ivan Drago was Razor Fist. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wait, was that the guy with the mask? That, oh, no, though. The no, guy like with the, the, the sword for his Oh, okay, right. Sorry, fish. sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm still mad they killed that guy with the mask without ever revealing it. Because, like, he was there the whole time, and then they just killed him. You know what I'm talking about? Like, his, like yeah. the Mandarin's, like, henchman that yeah. wore the mask that was supposed to be, like, something they just never did. I was kind of waiting for something. Sucked I his soul out. Subversion of expectations, I guess. I don't I don't know. But I don't know. It. I'm going to give it a... That's Marvel Brain. Marvel Brand's working for you, Alex. It's probably just some re- regular guy under that mask. I know. I was just hoping it'd be somebody. I don't know. They had. They had. They had me. I'll admit they had me. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna give this a. I give it a three and a half. Whatever that translates to. I gotta use the restroom real quick. All right. So should What's we pause it? No, no, no. Keep going. A three and a half is a seven. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a seven. Too. I gave it a three when I initially watched. It. I think it's close to like a six point five for me. It's yeah. close to a seven. I again, it does a lot well, but I think the fact that it's so much setup does hurt it in the long run because it. They were never going to make it a two-hour and 30-minute movie, but it might have benefited from an extra 18 minutes of screenwriting for some of the characters. And unfortunately, what I'll say is also, I I hope I'm not ranking it this high because of it being in Phase 4 and the movies that surround it. Like, if this were in Phase 3 or Phase 2 or 1, I don't know how highly I think of it. No, that's a very good point. I think that's certainly something that's going to come into play throughout this is how do you view something in the context of everything else, right? Mm-hmm. You see that in any 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 field of any kind, whether it's in sports with one bad one good player on a really bad team or what is one good movie in a group of really bad ones. True. You might view it as a great movie. That no, that's a fair point. I think that definitely happens in trilogies a lot. I think that might be why like, not to bring it back to Star Wars, but I think that's that's like what my argument that I made for why people like Revenge of the Sith is because the two that precede it suck. Yeah, fair. So people love it because, well, our only other experience with these characters is two painfully bad movies. Could that come into play with the MCU? I think it certainly will. Maybe not as much because they're not as connected, especially now. What are we talking about? We're talking about how his view and a lot of people's view of a certain movie, maybe whether it's Shang-Chi or any of these films, can be raised by the fact that... It's surrounded by bad movies. Because I think this is a solid movie, and 
like I said, it's a, my second favorite of Phase 4. I just don't think it would be anywhere near as high in any of the other three phases of the MCU. I think in the other three phases, it, would, it wouldn't necessarily be towards the bottom, but it'd be kind of, it'd be, I'd call it mid. But <laughs> as far as Phase 4 goes, man, this, this is top tier. So... Yeah, I think, I think, and I think, again, I think, I think it's definitely a good start, at least for that character. But now we're going to have to move on to one of the more divisive movies in the entire series. And I believe a movie you said you haven't seen, Jacob. The Eternals? I, I don't remember it. Oh, I, maybe I did. Maybe I've watched it. I, I think I did. I tried to watch it. I might have fell falling asleep in the middle of it. And I, I woke up at the end and was like, yeah, I have, I don't care about going back and actually watching this. Fair, so fair I enough. I have no. This film stars Gemma Chan, Richard Madden. Kumal Nanji- Nanjani? I yeah. Think? Okay, yeah. Kumal Nanjani. Kumal Nanjani. Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Laura Ridloff, Barry Keegan, Don Lee, Kit Harrington, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Harry Styles makes an appearance. Directed by Chloe what? Zhao. Yeah, he's, he's in the post credits I don't remember scene. that. <laughs> he's in the post credits He's in the post credits scene. Screenplay he by Chloe, Chloe Zhao. Cinematography from Ben Davis. And music by the great Ramin Jawadi. I'm going to shock you guys with this one. It releases in uh, November of 2021. It's two hours and 26 minutes, and it cost $20 million to make. It made $402.1 million. I really like this movie. I also like it. I really liked it. I didn't it. really like it, but and I liked it. I, I, I don't love know y'all. why I did, but I was like glued to my TV for this movie. <laughs> was, I was surprised. It was it was a breath of fresh air compared to the rest of the MCU at this point for me. Is I it, enjoyed it. Is it because it was fresh? It was different. It was different. So yeah. that that okay. And I liked the characters it's, a lot more. It's a two prong approach for me. I think it's like what I've said about the earlier film so far. It got the cast right again. I think Gimma Chan is awesome. I love her in every movie that she's in, by the way, so she's pretty cool. But it is also just, it's different. It feels completely separate in its own way. And I just, I really liked it. I just bought it. Like, that's the thing. For a lot of these movies, they're selling me on emotional points that I just don't buy into is is kind of the the tough one for me. And like like I said with the the Mandarin and Shang-Chi, I just didn't buy it. I bought this movie. I bought the... um, the entire sort of dynamic between Cersei and Icarus. That was like, okay, cool. I really liked everything that went on between Angelina Jolie as Thena and Don Lee as Gilgamesh. That was really cool. But maybe it's because you have great actors. But also it's because I think you got Chloe Zhao behind it. And Chloe Zhao is awesome. Obviously, we've talked about her before no on the show. Yes, exactly. What, what a movie that was. I really liked it. I really liked the whole concept they were introducing, I thought it was a little sort of rushed in the fact that it's just like faceless, nameless villains, but they kind of explained it at the very end there. And I think it does rush itself a bit in making all these characters, not stereotypes, but they do they do tend to be very simplified down the line because there's so much they have to do in this movie. But I just, I liked it. I thought the concept of Sprite was a very interesting character that the film explored properly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what else you have to say on this, Davis, but I just thumbs up for me. I, I really thoroughly I think enjoy it, it. It does introduce a lot of issues within the MCU, like oh now there's just a giant celestial stuck sitting outside of Earth, and all the other MCU movies have not acknowledged it yet. I don't see them doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big issue for me. Oh yeah, there's just this big guy sticking out of the Earth now. It's okay though. Yeah, that was odd, and I again that 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 reeks of the disconnectivity in this in this franchise in Phase Four now is how does Feige not know that that is coming and tell Chloe Zhao not to do that? I also feel like 
like while this movie's good, I don't think it was the best idea for the MCU because like why why you're I don't see these characters coming back. Yeah, because how do you... Or like they do, and then and then Icarus killed himself. Uh, Cersei, they got kidnapped by Arishim or whatever. Yeah, the Celestial. But how do you tie that into the Kang Dynasty or the? It I don't does think, feel very untied in at all. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, that's cool. But uh, Jon Snow's going to be the Black Knight with uh, Mahershala Ali's blade. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that. So that's the voice at the end that talks to Kit Harrington is Mahershala Ali as an uncredited appearance as Blade when? at the very end when. When um at in the post credit scene, Kit Harrington finds the sword, and then in the in the there's like, it's like one of those voice off screen. It is Mahershala Ali. I didn't blade. see that. Oh, I'm watching. <laughs> Dave's getting too high for his man, Mahershala Ali. Now I don't know if this is jogging any of your memory, uh, Jacob, on any of this film at yeah. all. But forgettable is a fair point because it is the least connected, and therefore feels almost the least purposeful. If yeah, that's a I mean, word. <clears throat> least needed, if anything. In, in, in a in a, in a saga that it feels like every movie has been connected so far, like the Infinity Saga, every movie led into the end. I guess this one, based off what y'all were saying and and the reviews I've seen and the trailers, it just didn't seem like there was any way it was going to connect at all, which is fine, but. Again, just doesn't make much sense. That's fair. That's that's a very that's a very fair criticism, and I think it certainly misses on the fact that it just doesn't connect to anything. Maybe whenever there's a little more MCU excitement, I'll go back and watch it. I need a little. I need something to be excited about. That's a good just point. To get well. I'll go back and watch it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three might be our last hope. Everybody. Yeah, I think you're right. And might be our last hope. That also might be very sad. We'll- that's true. We, we will certainly get into that at the end to sort of look ahead at what's coming next. I really think that he's in it, Davis. Okay, Davis. Oh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Which, again, like, cast everybody. Richard Madden's really great in this. Kit Harrington is good in his limited role. Again, Gimma Chan is great. I just think that it... It just is too disconnected, but it is a lot of interesting concepts, seeing them throughout history, seeing how how them living forever cha- affects each of them yeah. is a really cool concept. I, I do know about that part. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. It, like, no, you see them like in Central America in like the okay. 1200s. I do remember the beginning of the movie and how that all connected, and that does intrigue me, but again, I still just don't feel the... Want to go back that's and fair. Watch it. That's very that's very yeah. fair because again, it, it, even with like the giant celestial sticking out of the planet, that doesn't mean a thing anymore. Nobody cares about it. It's like, what do you want us to do? Yeah, what's the what? consequence? Exactly. I am gonna re- try and remember what I rated this movie. I think I'm gonna give it a seven. I, I also gave this a seven. I really just was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. I knew it had problems, but I just I was looking for a movie that I just enjoyed for the sake of enjoying it. I'm gonna give it a seven. Obviously, Hillman, you're gonna give it a you forgot in a. Yep, that's fair. To, to be reviewed later on. Yeah. Which brings us to, let's see, we already talked about what was next in the openings, which was Hawkeye, so then to the next movie. The biggest movie of the MCU, Phase 4, by far financially, critically, um, culturally, Spider-Man No Way Home, a film I have not watched, I haven't watched since really? I saw it in okay. theaters. I saw it twice. Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Marisa Tomei, 
Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Charlie Cox, Tom Hardy, directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. It released in December of 2021. It was two hours and 28 minutes, and it cost $200 million to make, but it made $1.6 billion and was the eighth official Spider-Man movie. This is the most packed theater I've been to in a long time. Or, that's the most packed theater I've been to since COVID. -COVID. That's that's always our timeline. before yeah. COVID or after COVID? No theater since him has even come close. Cocaine Bear was pretty crowded. <laughs> uh, I didn't see I that. I need to see that. I saw that opening night on Thursday, and it was a packed house to see Cocaine Love Bear. Love that. There's Love been that. tremendous. Most, uh, Black Panther was probably True. the other most packed, but that even wasn't didn't compare. that much. Uncharted kind of had a oh, lot. Geez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, just going off some, uh, Avatar was crowded. Avatar, when I went, wasn't that crowded because I saw it during, Ugh. over spring, uh, winter break here. It had a decent amount of people, but like, it wasn't that crowded. Yeah, because nobody was here in Auburn. Yeah, that makes sense. And. Not a big fan of Avatar, Jacob. Is that what I heard? Yeah. No. <gasps> the Northman had. The Northman did a big crowd. Not a big crowd. Uh, uh, a more crowd. people than I would have expected. Anyway. Yeah. But Spider-Man No Way Home, has it aged as well? I don't think so. I don't think it's aged as well. It, so I'll go ahead and put it out front. This is still my favorite Phase 4 movie. And I think, like you said, it has not aged well. But I still think at least it's... it. One, I'm just... I love Spider-Man. I also so love... Spider-Man's it, my favorite growing it, up. It's just... I, I just have this irrational love for the character. And and I, and I think... I, I don't think they've had a bad Spider-Man. I think that each character they've... Each actor they've cast for him has done a great job. Yeah. And... I think Tom Holland has done as well. My one, I think this movie's too long. It is. It is. There's a lot. I think it's too long. And again, it goes back. And is it the next movie we talk about? Let me check. Yes, Doctor Strange. I just they have killed that character. Am I, am I crazy yep. to say that? No, no, no. We, like, we t- so we talked about it when we did the Tom Holland episode because I remember. Coming out of Infinity War, the two hottest characters in the in Marvel was Thor, because he was right. like oh, an gosh. actual god in that yeah. movie, and Doctor Strange for his one-on-one with Thanos, which had people ooing and eyeing in the crowd yeah. for that movie. As it should be. They- and since then, My god. they have had him. Let's just let's get the Doctor Strange uh character down. So post-Infinity War, he has stopped water. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that. That's all he does. Um he has recklessly decided to alter everyone's mind to forget that a teenager is a superhero. And then he's been in the multiverse of madness and just become Tony Stark. Man, it just, I think this movie could have been like a, like a 9.5 on the scale. If they had written Dr. Strange with any sense whatsoever, because he he really is just a modem to move the story along. Exactly. It's like we need we need this thing to happen, so we need him to act like an idiot, and like, then he, and then he gets all off in it, and I'm just man, it just it frustrates me because, like you said, in an Infinity War, it was like holy cow, this guy is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see his sequel to his first movie, and yada yada yada, and then. They just drop the ball. Yeah, I agree. I think he acts like a, just an idiot in this movie. I think he, to, to first of all, after taking on the Mad Titan to act like he can just mess up a spell because a teenager is telling him to change the spell is kind Give of the dumbest break. thing ever. Give me he a break. He went one-on-one with the, with the Mad Titan with the Infinity Stones and didn't get lost. And I, He knew what he was doing. And I absolutely, ah. I absolutely hate the whole, oh, in a movie this isn't realistic because it's a freaking movie. It's not supposed to be. But... 
come on. This was just so yeah. lazy. Yeah. It was lazy. And, That's and, what it was. And the laziness comes in later on when they literally introduced the, what is it, is it a deus ex machina is the correct uh, term, the, the thing yeah. that can fabricate anything, and then it gets blown up, and then they can still build everything in a high school chemistry lab. Come on now. That, like, uh, I, get it. I wouldn't no, say it. No, no, it's not a deus ex machina, but yes, it is it, stupid. Okay, I mean, so what's it called then? Deus ex machina means God out of the machine. So like, oh no, we're about to lose, and then... Captain Marvel shows up at Endgame. Like, oh, <laughs> Captain Marvel's yeah. there. Okay. I, I just didn't know what, because it's not a MacGuffin, obviously, but it, there were, the, the fact that it's, a, could, it's a machine that they, can make anything, like it literally can make anything. They say it can make anything. Yeah. Which is so stupid. Okay. No, also. but then they lose the thing that can make anything, and they still make everything they need in a high school chemistry lab. Which I... Okay. They re-engineer the... Green Goblin formula that does not exist in this no, universe. No, he mixed baking soda and vinegar together and he cured <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Green Goblin. See, and the thing is... Oh, my God. It, it's unfor- See, the, the issues with this movie is that that isn't the biggest problem. Because in my opinion, in my mind, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. They're a bunch of nerds. Like, this is, this is Spider-Man. This is Peter Parker going to work. Okay, fine. Whatever. No big deal. But there are so many other... It, like, I wish that was the biggest issue of the movie. Then what are what are your biggest issues? Uh, Doctor with, Strange, right? Okay, yeah. Doctor Strange, and then uh, gosh, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where it's it's where this movie had so much potential, yeah, and they were so close to absolutely nailing it, but somehow, somehow, they continue. Just they, they it, it kind of what it was. It was just they compounded errors. Yeah, I love bringing all the villains back, and I love the way. Each Even though it doesn't one, really make sense, it didn't yeah. make sense. But with the multiverse saga, cool. with the multiverse saga, it was a great way to introduce it because it's a bunch of characters you already know about. Yeah. So I'll say this too to build off of that and what you said, Davis. Yeah, it might not make sense, but here's the thing: like, like the we we may hate the great credit, the great like response to this, but movie is a movie, so you can forgive a little bit. But my problem is this movie asked me to forgive a whole lot. It asked yeah. me to forgive them in the lab. It asked me to forgive Doctor Strange being an idiot. It asked me to... Hey, what about for- Ned just randomly being ra- able yeah. to... It asked me to forgive that. It asks me to forgive the idea that um, if you make these villains no longer villains, they won't die. Yes. Yeah, that like, but But you can forgive that kind of... Because it, it leads to interesting care, but it's just another thing to... Forget to forgive to ignore to ignore the idea that technically the rules of the multiverse don't make any sense because so what they showed up because they know you're Spider but they don't know you're Spider Man and we know that because there's literally a scene in the movie where um, Max goes I thought you were black implying that he does not in fact know yeah. the identity of Spider Man and then Sandman doesn't die neither does the lizard and then Sandman yeah Sandman doesn't die he literally leaves at the end of the movie the lizard doesn't die he just goes to jail I'm pretty sure is like the whole point but anyway well, yeah weird. like it. It asks you to forgive and forget a lot to where I think eventually you just have a limit. And I reached my limit with this movie, personally. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're, they're, yeah, the, that's why this movie isn't a 9+, plus because there were just way too many things that are like, holy cow, what are we doing? Yeah. But again, I it's, it's my favorite Phase 4 movie, which isn't saying much. <laughs> no, it has a bit. No. But I do enjoy it. I do like yeah. I do like going back and watching it. Yeah. Because I think that there are a lot of, I, I thought I thought Aunt May dying. I thought that was a very agreed emotional and touching scene. 
I thought the way at the end with uh, 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 Peter fighting the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. yeah. that was intense. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought and then they stabbed Tobey Maguire for nothing, and then he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, he's I like, like I've been that. stabbed before. Tanked it. You literally they kill were gonna him. they were going to kill him. Yeah, good, do it. I thought the major points with with Peter, I thought they nailed Tom it. Tom Holland does well. Tom Holland does really well. I thought they, I, they, everybody I, does pretty well in it. I mean, yeah, it's just but yeah, it's that, just it's it's a hype machine movie, which I fell for when it came out. I will I, readily admit that it I love Spider Man so much that I was in the theater right. like well, I wasn't cheering it. I don't cheer in theaters. Oh uh, when Tom when Tom McGuire showed up, I did let out one single clap. I, yeah. I clapped one time and I was like, "No, we can't. Can't be that guy." And it's, but looking once you get it's, farther it's, away it's, from the movie, it's just so tough. Yeah, once I get farther away from the movie, I'm like, "That wasn't the good." Is a good no, movie. look, let me be clear. The movie. good is really good. I think the whole fight in the mirror dimension is cool, except the fact that yeah. Peter solves it with like, "Oh, guys, math," and I'm like, "Okay, I, again." But I can suspend that if it was the only thing I was I suspending. I, but yeah. again, that's pretty cool. The action scenes are really cool. Everything with Peter at the end where he goes the to visit MJ. Ooh, that was it, so depressing. That's good. That that's so that, depressing. Again, Tom Holland does, re, does really gonna, well. They're going to erase that next Tobey movie. Tobey Maguire anyway. and Andrew yeah, Garfield right. like, do oh, great. Actually, I remember you. You look familiar. And oh, I remember it all now. Uh, honestly, I, I, I believe that. They, the cast does really well. Alfred Molina does great. Willem Dafoe is awesome. The Ooh. whole initial fight when he just like Batista bombs uh, Peter Parker through the floor. I was like, oh my. Because that's what one thing... And I, I said this when we did the episode on the Tom Holland trilogy earlier. One thing I was really looking forward to with this movie is like, okay, the Raimi trilogy was notorious for its horrifically hard-hitting violence. Like, Green Goblin messes him up in the first yeah. movie. And I was like, how are they going to translate that? And then they did. Yeah. Because he messed him up. They did. Killed Aunt May. <laughs> my one issue with the Aunt May thing is I really didn't like how she gets completely obliterated, but then she has to stand up. And fall down because they didn't want to show the fact that. Let's be clear, she should have been impaled. Out. She should have had. She should have been hey, impaled. If, if she had like her legs are separated from her body, this would be getting a ten. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is awesome. <laughs> again, because there are so many other things wrong with it, I don't even care about that. Fair again. Fair. That's I the just, least of my. The case. moment she stood up, I was like, "You better kill her." What guy. if it did like the thing where like the samurai sword cuts through you and then they like stand there for a second and it, like slides apart? <laughs> I would have been. I would have stood up. I would have backflip in a theater like that video of that guy. <laughs> oh my goodness! Speaking of Sam Raimi, do we want to do, do we want to give this a rating though before we move on? Um, I have to rewatch it. I initially gave it a four and a half right after I, I saw it. Four and a half. Yeah, That's I funny. think I'd probably give it like a two and a half now, maybe oh a three. Really? I think this is like all all the things I harp on for Marvel being like nostalgia bait. Uh-huh. This is what started yeah, there. That. I'm still I'm still giving it a seven. And I'll a give half. it maybe a three or three and a half. I'll say three, maybe. <laughs> oh my god! A- out of five, Buster. Oh, what? we're going. We've been on a ten scale all night. Oh my fault. Uh, <laughs> a six. Okay, maybe. that's that was what. Yeah, you. I'm still I'm still giving it a seven and a half. I still enjoyed it. As many plot holes and issues I have with it, like I said, it's a movie for Tom Holland's character Peter Parker, and I think that they nailed that part. Yeah, I, I really do. It, it it's. The other things which we're about to get into. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a six, six and a half range. I need to rewatch like it. This, I also need to rewatch. This it. had. I don't want to. This had nine and a half potential for me. I agree. I, and I, and really I think did. if if it tight if it ties up the loose ends that it drew, which are many, we're probably talking about maybe one of the best movies in the MCU at this point and best Spider Man movie. Possible. I, I agree with that. It does certainly. have some good shots. And stuff it does. Too. That shot in front of him with the with the J. Jonah Jameson TV I screen. I was just thinking yeah. about it. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. But it just misses. Yeah. yeah. And 
we knew it was going to miss when they introduced all those posters, man. And oh man, all those all those posters look like fan created Photoshop. Yeah. Lord have mercy. And with that, let's move on to a former Spider Man director himself. Hillman, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this one. <laughs> Sam Raimi yeah, in the I Doctor like Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong. I do not know how to say the girl's name that plays American Chavez. Let me check. It's, oh, it's yeah. I, I, I'm I can, sorry. I I'm it. really sorry that I don't know how to say it, but I do not want to butcher it because I know I will. Because that, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. Davis, I think I do. Michael Stuhlbarg as Nicodemus West. Rachel McAdams makes a return. The Illuminati includes Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambo, Captain Marvel, and uh, Anson Mount as Black Agar Boltigan, the single greatest name in the history of cinema, or Black Bolt. And so chill Gomez. What? So chill. So chill Gomez. And it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like that. Interesting. And John Krasinski as Reed Richards is directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, and cinematography from John Matt- Mathiason, with music from Danny Elfman of former Spider-Man fame. It released on May 6th of 2022. It's two hours and six minutes long, which is pretty short considering how much goes on in this movie. Yeah. And it cost 172 to $200 million. And it was a killer at the box I was making, $955.8 million. Well, I liked this one. I'm sorry. Oh, Man. Davis. I, I remember walking out of the theater. I was like, I enjoyed that. Like, obviously it has issues, and but it's the Sam Raimi movie. It's going to be kind of corny. Yeah. It has the worst post credit scene in the history of the MCU. Oh, yeah. That was that. a terrible, it, it, terrible oh, post credit scene. what was it? Well, no. So at the end, Doctor Strange gets his eye, and it's very clearly a Sam oh, Raimi that, ending. That, yeah. And then later on, Charlie Theron is there, and he's like, this is a new power I have now, and it looks. The yeah, funny thing is, the color good. grading is different because it's very clearly not a Sam Raimi directed well, no, shot. If you think about it, so like the end of the movie, he's just walking around and something happens, and then, and then in the, the post credit scene, he's, he's just walking, walking around and, and something happens. happens. We saw the same tweet. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it. It has a lot more identity than most MCU movies to me. Like it, it's it's a Sam Raimi movie. It has like fun shots. It has cool transitions. I like it's kind of goofy in its way, like when they're fighting with the music. Even though probably people hated that, people didn't hate that. that. I thought that was cool. It was, I, I like cool. That. I thought it was fun when he when he possesses his dead body. That was cool. Yeah, okay. I, I thought it was a fun movie. I liked. I, I thought it was cool. I can I, get. I can get behind that. I, I I thoroughly was entertained and enjoyed it. But when I look at it from the the story of the MCU and. This is supposed to be the movie that introduces us to the multiverse saga. What the hell? Like, why? Like, they, I, I just, I don't I just, know. I don't think they know what they want to do with the multiverse. They, so they're they, just trying. They, to, they're they trying they to didn't. like. They still don't. Be, no, because by the way, guys, I don't know if you've heard, but Phase Four is the multiverse saga. I know that's what they've branded it as. Any. Yeah, that's my, that's my point. Is miss like miss all the way. Around. I mean, well, it's, like, it's Phase it's, Four, it's, Five, and Six, and I'm just like. Even then, some of the multiverse is, things in this are kind of cool. No, okay, look. Oh, I, absolutely. Oh, I love when they go and visit Charles Xavier. I mean, that was... And Wanda Fs them I up. mean, that was incredible. That, she that is the, them. That was the saving grace for this movie, in my opinion. I agree. I thought, like, 
That was a blast. I, I completely agree. I do think there's that one really bad shot in the flashback where they're all clearly on a different soundstage and it looks yeah. like a GTA loading screen. There's again, also... Again, the CGI and stuff, I, I have a whole spiel about... It. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get at the end, great. like you said. It, uh, it, it's it's a miss everywhere. It's funny that they cast Jim, John Jim Krasinski, John Krasinski, <laughs> John Krasinski just to appease the fans. But now it looks like they might just cast him as Reed Richards anyway. No, wait, no. I've heard they're not going to. Because I've heard that they are. I, so I heard that Feige tested and was like, "This sucks." That's what I'd like heard. He's not good at. What? Do you yeah. Think? So because I heard that what one of the reports I saw on Twitter was that. They are casting the Fantastic Four around Susan Storms. They're going to cast her first and build based on chemistry and so on and so forth. Well, the other people that a lot of people want, the other character that a lot of people wanted, the guy from The Good Place, just showed up in Ant Man as a throwaway character. Oh yeah, he did. I don't know his actor's name. I can't can't remember his name either. Well, like a lot, he was like a he was a heavy favorite for a lot of people, and they're like. Oh yeah, here he is. He's in. He's he, in there. He does can nothing. Read it does nothing. That whole. He's movie. like, stop looking. I, how many holes do you have? I like, liked. Thing. I liked a lot about this movie. I really liked that twist when Doctor Strange visits Wanda, and then it's like actually on second thought. That was cool. I liked the fight. That was cool. I liked. All, like, I just feel like it missed the mark for me in the fact that, at, I, I I wish I'd written it down because I saw it in theaters and I haven't seen it since. But there was good. just a point in the movie where I just like. People were like, ooh, and on and laughing. I was like, I don't get it. I don't see it. I didn't, I didn't, whether it was the multiverse stuff, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was a little ridiculous that they got beat very easily because what are these supposed to be incompetent Avengers? They beat Thanos. Let's not forget that. They did beat Thanos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, this wasn't. Oh, by the way, uh, Harry Styles is the brother of Thanos. Oh, yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. That's the part. He's the brother of Thanos yeah, in he's Eternals, in by the way. It doesn't look like Thanos, though. He's just Harry Styles. Yeah, I was just saying. Okay. And Pip, and Pip was Patton Oswalt. He looked terrible. He just, did look terrible. That is... Uh, but, oh, man. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. Back to this. I don't know. I just didn't... I think this one has some of the best visuals, like visual ideas. Like, some of the things look really cool. Yes. Like, when Great. he's getting, like, dragged by, like, those demons because he's possessing the body. Yeah. Looks and, cool as hell. And I think Sam Raimi was the perfect director for this movie. And, yeah. I, I, and I don't know if anyone would have been able to... I think if anyone else had directed it, this might have been the worst MCU movie of all time. Yeah. And I don't think it would have been beat, but I think he saved a little bit. Those scenes uh, in the multiverse when Wanda's just wrecking uh, those, those Avengers in, in the other universe. That's some scary moments, too. I mean... Scary, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. Thrill. She snaps Charles Xavier's Thrill. neck. That yeah. was crazy. Oh, that was crazy. Those those helped this movie... The, okay, the, this is this is truly a thrilling Sam Raimi movie that does relate to the MCU. And then I move on to Wanda. Mm-hmm. I just think, yeah, it misses it, doesn't it? Again, like WandaVision. I enjoyed it in the moment, and I was like, all right, what was the point of this? And then they didn't really give us a point in this movie. I thought, yeah, it was cool that she really went balls to the wall again for this whole same reason she did in WandaVision, but man, it just felt like WandaVision again with Doctor Strange involved. I mean, I don't know. And, and and because it was such a major part of the story in the movie, that's why I just dislike it. I just can't get behind it. Even yeah. with even with the fun shots, even with some of the cool scenes of what Doctor Strange does, it just doesn't do it for me. And I, I and also just didn't like again, again. I don't think the MCU does the kid characters very well. America, nah. Yeah, she, I was, think she was very important. I understood the reason for her character. 
I just didn't find her very entertaining or I like I said I understood the importance, but you could have done without her. In my uh, opinion, I think I think it was definitely just like a, oh we need a character with multiversal powers or like or a new character, yeah. And I think it just uh, I don't know. And again, I just think they did really miss the miss the mark with Wanda. I think especially the fact that they try and toe that line or like oh it's the Darkhold that's making her crazy or whatever. But let's not forget that she started reading that because she wanted to. Yeah. Like let, let's not let's not forget that. Like people, this movie I think this movie almost acts like it didn't see WandaVision at times, and I think that that's the problem is that there's no consistency, so it just makes a character that's hard to evaluate, hard to read, and I just thoroughly don't. I don't. I don't like it. I don't buy that redemption at the end or whatever. I nope. just. I and I also. Nope. I don't know. I just. I just read a good review for it by a friend of the show, Josh. Oh yeah, I was reading that one too. That was. It was he the, said like Sam Raimi made a cake with all the best ingredients from all his other movies, but he had one fatal flaw. He let his little brother Kevin Feige put too much vanilla extract in it, so you can taste all the good parts of the cake, but then the vanilla extract overpowers it. I'm with that. Be- uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think as far as the direction and, and and a lot of it goes, it's like, wow, this is this is visually appealing as far as an MCU Phase 4 movie can be. And I just felt like the story got caught up with doing the same thing with Wanda. And I'm like, take, come on. Take it to the next step. Take, take, exactly. Go, like, go build off of your show. My criticism of WandaVision aside, there was a lot there to continue forward, and they just don't. With any of it, at any point, at all. We don't even get... I just... I, I really don't know. And I also think it's a little ridiculous that um, that at, at one point, Dr. Strange's like, I'm going to go to Wanda. I'm going to go ask her for help. And I'm like... Are um, you an idiot? The person that just kidnapped an entire town, you're going to go ask her for help? Again, because he's an idiot, by the way. Let's, the, let's not forget that. The, and the movie was long enough already, even though, like you said, there's, there was a ton in it. I'm glad they, they just jumped in. Like, as soon as he goes to her, she's like, yeah, no. No, no deception. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I did like everything with Doctor Strange and Rich McAdams' character. That was pretty cool. But that's because they're also both really good. And they have really good chemistry, both the actor and actress do. But I gave it a seven last time. I'm probably going to stick with that because – actually, no. Yeah, I, did, I gave it a seven last I time. I gave it a seven. I, 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 I need to watch it again. I, I really, I really, I, I watched it in the theaters. It was kind of a blur. I haven't seen it since. I'm going to watch it again soon just to reevaluate. But maybe I'll give it a bit lower. I don't know. It just – I enjoyed enough, but I don't remember my criticism that I had, to be honest. Because I, I didn't. I remember being angry in the theater, and I just can't remember them. He was seething. No, he like, was so mad. Because my, my brother screen. was next to me. He's like, this is awesome. And I was like, no, it isn't. But yeah. I can't remember why I thought I it was I remember I saw it with Chris, and we were like, that was pretty cool. Again. Like, we weren't like, that was the best movie ever. We were just like, that was cool. I'm trying to see. Problem is, I can't find my review. And, I don't and, know how to look at your. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't know either. Give me a second. For me. Or go to your diary. That's what I'm doing. all the way down. That's what I'm doing. When I rate it, I'm like. Don't want to base it off the enjoyment. No, I just read yours, actually. Because if it's the enjoyment, it's a little higher than what I'm about to give it. But, I mean, I'm giving it like a three and a half. Alex, you said, are enough. the people that say Wanda did nothing wrong being serious? Like, she's a yeah. great villain. I was rooting for Strange to whack her the entire film. But how do people act like she's in a complete, isn't a complete psychopath? And he, again, great villain and really had some of the best moments in MCU, but... And he yeah, didn't, you didn't say anything else. I I was really glued into the inverse echo chamber on Twitter and watched w- and saw way too many Wanda stand. Alex, you're following for Twitter. That's exactly what Twitter's there for. So I know. I am to, make you, to make you angry. <laughs> I am following for Twitter. But you, J- Jacob, I'm sorry, I did not hear your rating. What Three and a gonna... half. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So Out this... of ten. Yeah. This... Oh wow. I, <laughs> this is... this... I don't like it. Like that's okay. Like I said, sure. like I said, for me, it was enjoyable, and I'm very, I'm very much on the train of all right. I'm basing my rating off the enjoyment. But I just cannot get past the story bullcrap in this. Like, yeah, it, because 
because it's such a it's a part of something so much larger. This is the multiverse saga. And the movie's name was the multiverse of madness. And they just screwed it up. And I'm yeah. like, uh They go they go to one one universe Be- and because again, the the I did not want to get fatigued by the MCU. That movie killed it. Like that, that's what it did. I mean that's what it was. Like, I really I just well, don't the next remember. one is that one for me. Oh, this Ooh. is it, everybody. <laughs> yeah. The movie that I, Davis once called Thor Wine and Love man. on our Stranger Things Gosh. episode. Thor Love and Thunder. With Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, Jamie Alexander, Taika Watiti, Russell Crowe, Natalie Portman. Additionally, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Jeff Goldblum, and Peter Dinklage were both originally sent to reprise their roles, but they were cut from the theatrical release. Release Lena Headey also was set to appear in the film, but her scenes were cut as well. And this film was very clearly cut to pieces. Directed by Taika Watiti, written by Watiti, and Jennifer Caton Robinson. Cinematography on Barry Indone. I... Oh, wait, hold up. Released in July of 2022. It's only an hour and 59 minutes, and it cost $250 million to make, and it made $761 million. Have you seen this, Alex? Dollars. I saw it yesterday. I hate this so movie so much. Stinks. This is one of the this worst. This is the worst MCU movie. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was going to say, like, not strange. It ain't the worst of the phase four at all. I it's not the worst because yeah. so this, this is one Oof. of. May may I, I I wrote down a little a little a little a little paragraph speech if I may give it yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. I feel this, like I, I feel like I've made my my thoughts clear on this movie. On you have before, episodes. but maybe I'll I'll stir something up. This movie is a complete and utter <laughs> embarrassment. There is just nothing to it. No substance. No depth. No stakes of any kind to any of it. The intro is so fascinating with Gore being exposed to the cruelty of the gods, and this could continue throughout, especially when Thor and the gang meet the gods at the temple. But it is turned into a punchline, and even in the end, Thor calls Jane a god, and it's some sort of nice moment, as if the rest of the film uh. wasn't steering us away from gods as a whole. Korg dies for three seconds. Jane's health is wildly inconsistent. Only two characters aside from Gore in the film even have arcs. Valkyrie gets a fake out death, so that's awesome. Goes nowhere and leads to nothing. Mjolnir gets destroyed and is put back together again off screen. Mm-hmm. Taika Waititi is in such a free fall. That is not. That sad. is not even my anger at the comedy of this film. This is maybe the least funny movie I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Remember what I said about Shang Chi and the comedy in that movie? Complete opposite here. It, this was garbage. I missed. Think, I think missed the only reason on I, every bit. The only reason I laughed at this movie because I saw it with Chris Tobias. <laughs> and we were watching it. Duh, and then, yeah. So, like, we would make jokes to each other. But at the end of the movie, he was like, and the post credit scene where she goes to Natalie Portman goes to Valhalla, he went, good for her. Like, completely <laughs> genuine. I was I turned, I was like, what are you talking about? And he went, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't paying plus, attention. He was like, I, I didn't know. Plus, I don't know what came over him. What? What are you talking that about? That post credit scene, Idris Elba looked like he was on a soundstage in another part of he the country. Was. Chris had the funniest line of that movie he did. right there. Good yeah. So, yeah. He just, he was so like, he was so earnest. Good for her. Yeah. Here, here, like, what? Here's my favorite Dude, we behind. We saw Joe Carl was in the theater with us. Oh. Yeah. Here's my favorite behind-the-scenes anecdote I've ever read in the history of movies. But strap in with me, guys. I'm afraid. So Russell Crowe wanted to perform the role in a Greek accent, but Watiti thought it would be too silly. What? How can you make this monstrosity, which includes the screaming goats, and go, no, Russell, Academy Award-winning actor... Too silly. He lost his battle to those screaming goats. The screaming goats. Oh my goodness! I forgot about the screaming goats. No, Russell, like you're too silly. Unfortunately, unfortunately, those are probably the funniest part of this dang film. No, no. Actually, there was one joke that I laughed at in theater when they were like, "Oh, that's that's our gods, Watiwatui, or whatever." 
and he's the god of this and this, and they walked over like, hey, I'm silly Willy Vanilli. You remember that? <laughs> I like the one when, it, when they just saw the bow god. That one made me that chuckle off with funny. That I was just, not funny. I just don't think anything no. in it was funny at all. I hate this movie it so much. It's so sad because Thor Ragnarok was incredible. Okay, okay. So, yes, yes. So I am a notorious hater of Thor Ragnarok. I really? Admit, what's, the, I, what's the rock guy's name? Uh, Korg. Korg, yeah. So I do not like... I did not like Thor Ragnarok, really? admittedly. Now, 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 now. Admittedly, admittedly. I thought it did a lot well. I just didn't vibe with how much it just changed things in between two movies. Like, I get you don't, You want to well, move on from Dark World, yeah. but it just it completely rewrote it. And I'm like, this is not how that works. But what what made me really shocked was that when I rewatched Ragnarok, <laughs> I, I was like, I was, do you want to go and say it before I... Yeah, when they walk by, the guy goes, hey, Nini Noni. And like, I don't know why, it, like, the setup to that joke was so stupid, and then he went, hey, Nini Noni, and he was there. I was it. I, like, burst out laughing. And me and Chris were like, what the heck? It was so funny. So, but watching Ragnarok, like, I remember thinking, okay, at all my Christmas side, when they use that rock music and whatnot, I was like, this is awesome. This yeah. is cool. Like, when he fights... um when he fights Surtur and it's the it's uh, immigrant the immigrant song, song or whatever, yeah. and then I watch this movie and there's just Sweet Child of Mine is everywhere, Guns and Roses is everywhere. They put in Thunderstruck and I'm like, Welcome to the Jungle. No, yeah, nothing about like how did Megamind get hype music moments more correct than this film? How yeah. is that possible? And just every like the Sweet Child of Mine when they beat the gods, I'm like, what? Who cares about any of it? Also. There are so many bits that this movie tries to make happen. It tries to make the term Space Viking the new slogan of the century. They throw it in every line. It also has the worst joke in the history of modern cinema when they introduce Infinity Cones. Oh, that was stupid. I don't even remember that. It was so bad. Am I going to oh, make- remember this mega genocide we had? Get some ice cream from it. Guys, I've got a- Oh, that. I- oh, God. I've got a Holocaust restaurant I want to open down the street. You got- like, What the heck? It- no! Infinity Cones. I hate. Taika Waititi has fallen so far. I watched because, man, I love. All right, I love Thor's character. Mm-hmm. I love Natalie Portman mm-hmm. and what she's done and and everything. Like she had like one good scene. Yeah, and it's just like, gosh, I, and I love Valkyrie. Holy, I the character you. How do you mess up these three characters? That is my point. He doesn't care anymore. He the whole like in all the press tours after he was like, "Look how silly this is. Look how bad this CGI is." Or whatever. That's that was a British accent. He's he's, he's Australian. But he's it, like like Valkyrie does <laughs> have no do arc. It. She's like, "Oh well, um, being king was just a lot of Zoom meetings. I'd, I'd rather fight again." I'm like, "What? Yeah. Stupid, stupid movie with a stupid premise all the way it around." Was the- so gay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was. There was like. It, it was it was implied that uh, Val- I almost said Tessa Thompson. I always always want to say the actor's name. It was yeah. implied that Valkyrie was she had a crush on someone. Exactly, and she she kissed that one girl's hand in the gods, and then obviously Korg has that whole thing later. And one character says, "Oh, um, this is something like oh wait, no, that was a different show." But that that, that didn't count for nothing. That didn't count for nothing. It wasn't so gay. I've seen gayer movies. Baloney, man. That's just, that that really was like just queer baiting. That's all that is. It is was, it, I mean, yeah. come on now, y'all. Come out to the movie, see how gay our movie is. Oh, actually, there's nothing that happens except maybe okay. maybe Valkyrie and Jane flirt for like one second, one time, and they have one. And grape. that didn't even lead to anything. Oh, and because Thor stared at Chris Pratt. Uh, Oh, Star yeah. Lord, okay, that, that one time. That bit he was, was like, kind of funny. I love you, and he stood in front of him. Just like, look at oh, the okay. people you love, and he just looks. Well, that was kind of funny. Yeah, shocker yeah. that the Guardians they of the Galaxy had to make something 
make you chuckle. Oh like, my gosh! They put also, that in the trailer, so they already ruined okay, yeah. it. Also, the Guardians clearly don't fit in this movie, and Taika just tries to get rid of them because there's that one scene where they're talking about, it, and then Thor just goes into this and just shrugs. And they're like, Thor, buddy, are you okay? And then the next he's like, I gotta go. And I'm like, what? They should be in here. Uh, this movie sucks so bad. Everything I hate so much about, I hate the, I hate the, I hate the yelling goats. I hate the fact that gore is such an interesting concept, like I said, and it's completely washed. However, Christian Bale is pretty cool. I hate the introducing of his hammers being like pets. It's not funny. Oh, uh. Hear me all near here, boy. And the biggest issue with this movie is if you get to the center of the universe, you can have one wish to, that, that is, you can get whatever the hell you want. And they didn't think, oh no, Thanos snapped us all out of existence. Wait, we should go to the center of the universe and grant our one wish to bring the other half of the population back. Or anything like that. And Thor just knows how to get there. It was on his hammer or something like that? No, it was no, on it was, the Bifrost. It was, yeah, exactly. Some the Bifrost stupid. is the care. key. Thor knows how to get there. We've already talked about this on other episodes. <sighs> yeah, any any other thoughts, uh, Jacob? I know I was talking quite a bit. I just... I get uh, to three. No, it's a one. A it, one. This wow. is, I mean, this is garbage. Like, when you have Thor Ragnarok, like, I know you said you didn't care for it, Alex, but let, let's look at the overall yeah. perspe- perception of that movie. Everyone loved it, especially because it followed up Dark World and whatever that was. This is worse than Dark World. Yeah, this is Dark much World. worse than Dark World. I agree. It was just a joke, like, it and was. it was not a funny joke. I agree. It was. It was a. It, that's perfectly sums up a lot of bad jokes. It's very clear that Tyke's playing the hits because you have the 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 um, drama club at Asgard come out again. Oh, Melissa McCarthy said that's so funny. And then Jane gets cancer. But the first scene we find out. Oh my gosh, Jane Foster has cancer. She's like, "Have you seen Interstellar?" And I'm like, "Really? I forgot about." Oh no, she said because she, then she gets the paper yeah. and shoves them. And I was like, "There is no way this is an actual yeah. movie that cost two hundred and fifty million plus also the cgi looks horrible so interestingly enough they didn't want to have gore look like gore from the comics because they thought christian bill would get lost in the makeup but instead he's just cgi in every other action scene Mm -hmm. and and then gore i'm sorry i just oh and they did finally do the it's behind me isn't it in this movie oh my and all the kids had lightning power or whatever it, let's go to the next movie I'm tired uh, one last thing though yeah. um the sif bit is still one of the most annoying things I've ever seen ha <laughs> you're actually not gonna die oh y- oh wait and oh my god one last thing sorry 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 it just made me very angry it's almost like taika is embarrassed that he's in a superhero movie because in korg's summary they're like the last movie, Ragnarok, that person died. Oh, who are those people about the Warriors 3? Why are you embarrassed about your movies? Mm-hmm. Why are you embarrassed of your characters that you introduced? The Warriors 3 death was actually great because it was really shocking. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, who were those guys? That's so dumb. Are you embarrassed of the movie that you signed up to write about? Are you embarrassed? I, ugh. I'm giving it a one. One. A one. One. I, okay, I guess I'll give it a one, too. I... <laughs> This I, usually, movie I don't. I don't. Bad. I don't really go that low on movies. I will. Dude. This movie sucks. Like, and I'll leave it at a three. Here's the, actually, again, this is the MCU fatigue. That when the fact that for me, the fact that follow it up, Doctor Strange, just maybe just like, what are we doing? Like, just end this. Like that. That, that that's kind of how I felt. It was just like we get two of these in a row. What are like. This one, even the movie, movie, I was in like disbelief of how bad it was. Yeah, I was like what, laughing. I was like, "What, what the hell like, did I just watch?" Yeah, and and it, we had because Doctor Strange wasn't bad like that. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange still felt serious. Like they tried. Okay, whatever. They missed a mark. 
I feel like they didn't try with Thor. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Like I said, let's move on to something that's better. One last thing. I'll describe this movie as self-indulgent. Is yeah. the best. Like, it's very much like a bunch of boys in a room saying, this joke is so funny, and then making a movie out of it over and over and over again. It's just a bunch of laughs at themselves. And also, it feels condescending at times. In the no, way it that, is. And, like, especially, like, the, oh, he hit his heart behind... A big fleshy bot so it can never be broken again. No, that's not what actually happened in game. They just made a punchline. Anyway, movie gets a one. We're on to the last movie of the MCU phase four. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's a good end, I would say. It stars Letitia Wright as Shuri. Lapita Nyong'o is back as Nakia. Denai Gurira as Okoye. Winston Duke as M'Baku. Florence Kasumba as Ayo. Dominique Thorne as Riwi Williams. Williams. Sorry. My bad. I, I, got, I, got, I got just held up on that one. I don't know why. And then... Tanok Huerta Mejia, I think, as Namor. I'm sorry, I'm bad at names. Martin Freeman and Julia Weiss Drivers and then Angela Basket. It's directed by Ryan Coogler, written by Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. Ludwig Gorenson back to do the music and cinematography from Autumn Durald Arkapau. It released on November in November of twenty twenty two. It's two hours and forty one minutes, the longest film in this in MCU phase four. It cost $250 million to make. It made $858.8 million. I like it. Yeah. I They did what they could because of the unfortunate circumstances Absolutely. they were under. And I think that, like I said, it be, they did what they could, and I enjoyed it. I, I thought, honestly, going into the movie, my expectation, it didn't help with the two previous movies with my expectations, uh, what they were going to be. But they, they, they were kind of just middle of the road, like, all right, let's see what they can do. And, and they impressed me. And I I don't think this is a movie like the first Black Panther that you're going to go back and be like, this was awesome. But you go back and you're like, this might tie into the story at least yeah. of, of this saga. So I, I agree. And I think it, again, very unfortunate circumstances. I think they adjust course as best they can. I appreciate a lot of things about this film. I appreciate the Cougars not afraid to touch on the death of T'Challa at all. You know, a lot of times when a character passes away, in the case of William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross, they just recast the guy, which I don't – I still – recasting is a weird thing. Obviously, it's the creator's rights to do whatever they want, but I appreciate Coogler taking it this direction. I appreciate the cold opening almost in Shuri trying to find a way to save him. Or whatever. And the fact that it's almost left in mystery, I think, is a cool detail. The cast is brilliant in this, as they always are. Lapita Nyong'o is superb. I'm really glad they brought her back. I was kind of like, where is she? And then she shows up, and I'm like, there we go. That's cool. Angela Bassett's awesome. Namor is really, really, really good, in my opinion. There's a lot of really great concepts in this. The visual effects are an improvement over the first film, in my opinion, because obviously we have that PlayStation 2-like fight. The only issue is, of course, Okoye and them looking like Power Rangers at the end. I didn't really vibe with that a whole lot. Or the I thought the Iron... the uh, What is it called? Ironheart? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that character's name? I thought it looked a little rough around the edges, but I liked all the stuff with the Water Tribe, which I can't remember what their name is. Isn't it like Telecon people or something like that? Mm-hmm. Right, whatever. I thought that was really cool. A lot of interesting concepts. And again, the film hits hard with another really good villain. It's back-to-back the Coogler's been able to deliver that. I really liked um, oh, Killmonger's doing, return, man. I was, was like, awesome. oh, ain't no way. That yeah. was cool. It made that it look cool. like Angela Bassett because like, you saw the hair peeking over. It's like, oh, it's Angela Bassett's here. And then she's like, hey, little cousin. I was, and like, I was like, oh, my oh, God. Man. And in my criticisms of Killmonger as a villain aside, Michael B. Jordan is tremendous. And, and he brings it in this film yet again. Letitia Wright really, really brings it. 
I think that whole final fight scene is very hard hitting. I hate kind of the fake out. Oh, I'm stabbed in the gut. I'm dead. Actually, I'm not dead. I just don't like that trope personally. I agree. It's it's a little lazy. If you get stabbed in the gut, you're done for. Yeah, it's a little lazy, and I think the film could have gone so many different ways with it. I was a little disappointed with that. The brutality of the fight, though, was cool. Thumbs up for me. I like when these movies are like, yeah, these are superpowered individuals, so they're going to start breaking stuff, and it's going to get physical. Could. Awesome. Cool. Love it. I don't know, though. I thought it missed the mark in one particular area, which is the entire Valentina subplot, which is one of the single worst plot lines I've ever watched in the MCU, and I hated it. Every time it was on screen, I was vis- I was bored. When oh yeah, don't you remember when Mar- when Martin Freeman and Julia Louise Dreyfus are running around? Oh, I forgot about that. Elaine was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to call her Elaine, or I won't know who you're talking about. That's a good point. Sorry. Yes, Elaine was there. I really thought that was very boring. I forgot about that. Yes, that's forgetful. I, I but I thought I the problem is that it, it lasted long enough that it I was like bored in the yeah. movie. And it I was kind of it was kind of like the uh, uh, cancer bite scene in episode eight. That's a good. That's a good comparison. I also think it was. It had Kevin Feige's. We have to connect this to other movies. Fingerprints all yeah. over it. And I'm like, let it go, man. It's okay. Yeah, let this movie's awesome. Best part of it is uh, Namor, like mm. far and away, Tanakhwerta is so the best part of the good. movie. Yeah, and that's the. I mean, obviously, Letitia Wright's pretty good as uh, Sherry. Sherry, but I think Tanakhwerta is the my favorite part of the movie. I would agree 100. I like the fact that he's an anti-hero. So cool! Like yeah. the fact that he's not and really all the a de- villain. Like all the costume design for him and like the backstory. So cool. So yeah. I like how he's not really El a villain. Nino they handle Cinemore. that well. I think they handle this this sort of anti-hero, conflicted villain a lot better than the first film did, at least because there's a bit more to it. But I really just yeah. The I like first that. one had the issue of oh, this person has a good. Oh wait, he's actually just oh a gen- genocide here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wait, he actually has some good points. No, that are, no, no, that, wait, that wait. could be if you actually debated him. There could be. Oh wait, never mind. Never he just, he mind. wants to murder. Never everybody. mind. He wants to murder everybody. I do not want to be on this guy's side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's at least enough there here with um everything that goes on. I wish they had left Killmonger a little more wiggle room. Yes, because like, because like he had some interesting points, but then they're like, I want to kill everybody. Now. Yeah. Exactly. And Why didn't they do that? Because it's because um, obviously Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett's multiple speeches in this. You film don't want to watch. Tremendous. They can't. They can't leave Marvel fans. Okay. Any room no, for we're not going to say this. All good or all bad. <laughs> Our listeners have gotten mad because when they're Marvel fans, they think we're being condescending. Dudes. I will be condescending there because I think that's true. Okay. Okay. It's just like how well, like the Star Wars things now. Like they all have to be yeah. all good or all bad. There's no. And, there's no like in Luke in in Return of the Jedi was like. Using Sith powers, it, That's he was true. like he did choke. He choked the pigs. It's, like he was like he was he was. There was a gray area there, but now he has to be all good or all bad, and there's no in between because people can't understand it because they're like, oh, any bad or hey, completely bad. Disney, yeah, that's all I had to say. Yes. Disney. <sighs> I don't think the MCU Sorry. was like this prior to the because Iron Man was a war man. Yeah, exactly. Iron Man was a. The whole freaking warmonger. Yeah. We talk about this every time. This this isn't this isn't this is something that it's not really new anymore, but it has really <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it has really yeah, gotten bad. They could have really gone full in with like morally great characters. They could have just made Captain America racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, like hey, literally that fits the bill. That kind of it fits the bill. Look, obviously, I don't agree with that, but that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> Like, that would have been, like, if that had happened in the movie, I would have been so taken aback, I would have well, laughed. The point is, it's like, 
well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's from the well, 40s. They had, yeah. no, but they had John Walker commit murder, and then he's fine in two minutes. No, literally, I cannot begin. And we've talked about it before, and I want to bring it up again because you brought it up. I cannot begin to describe to people listening at home how I felt when I opened um, Iron Man 1, and there's Tony Stark with an American flag waving in the background. Talk about how much of a patriot, and I was like, Oh, is, it was awesome. John, Fav- Fav- John Favreau went after it. Iron they, Man rips. John Favreau saw the saw the war on terror and said, "I got this." Iron and Man went is awesome. At it, and it's good for them, man. Good for them. It, no, no hero is unflawed. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That is, is yes. that, and I think they try too hard in these movies to be like, "Oh, this person is perfect." You, you want to be like this person, whereas no. No, no, no. If you want to make these movies as realistic as possible, make it where, yeah, there's flaws because, yeah, guess what? Humans have flaws. And, uh, yeah, sure, he's an anti-vaxxer. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> okay, so, Jacob, I really want to build off your point that you just brought up because I want to say this. So, let's say in the superhero genre there are two sides to this story. There is the MCU portrayal of heroes which are very much cookie cutter they're all great they've sort of introduced it but they don't know how to they don't they haven't handled any of it well so far so you've got mcu and then i'm going to say you got Zack snyder over here with his uber realistic superman's actually just going to destroy metropolis in his fight and i'm like okay hold up now and (laughs) there's a middle ground there that i think would be awesome Mm -hmm. you know i think if man if man of steel tried a little harder to get to that middle ground it's probably a lot better film but it it kind of misses the mark because it doesn't explain that he's a new superhero he just destroys things and it's like okay and i think like it's the idea that yeah he's a flawed new superhero that could be a cool concept but it just doesn't introduce that at all because it's just who cares and then of course obviously batman murders and i'm not into that but i think there's that middle ground that these films could try and reach and they might have at the beginning you're talking about Zack Snyder. I yeah. think he realized – you may have said this, but he relies too much on that gray area. Yeah, exactly. Because Superman – Superman's the one character that you could have him be completely 100% good. I'd be like, okay, cool. That's Superman. Yeah. But even – but I think I think it's cool to introduce the concept that he isn't, and I think that's – that's like the thing with Superman people do now. And no, I'm no, but so not, 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 not even doesn't like Dawn of Justice when he's like just conflicted. Not like if he's like going to commit murder or whatnot. Just that he's like struggling to find his way. That's cool. I like that. Obviously not injustice Maybe. style Superman, but I would anyway. like to. I would like to see like a uh, Christopher Reeve's really good Superman again. I think we're probably going to get one soon with, Jam- with James Gunn. And I, I really think you're. Yeah, exactly. I really think the line is almost Iron Man 2 where it kind of lost us there because, of course, Iron Man's going through this whole alcoholism thing and then it's just cured when he gets jabbed and it's like, oh, he's fine. That was so stupid. And then, then that's, that's where we lost. Oh, yeah, you're, you're heavy metal poisoning. Bloop, it's gone. We lost this depth. And I think, I think Kugler tried his best to bring it back and I think he brought it back. But then maybe that leads into what we're going to talk about at the end here. But MCU Phase 4, that's our last film. <sighs> Let's give it a rating, guys. I gave Black it, Panther? I gave it a... I'm going to give it a 7.5. I liked it. I give it a yeah. It's 7.5. a little long. It's a little long. I might yeah. give it an 8 just for Tenoch Huerta because he's so good at he's it. Really I really good. loved him. I'm a 7. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yeah. It's a good 7.5. movie. I can't give it And again, in the annals of the MCU Phase 4, it's, it's pretty up one. there, wouldn't you say? It's the best uh, one. Oh, yeah. I think it's... Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite one. I, th- I still uh, I still like Spider-Man barely better. But yeah, I think it's number 2. It's No. It's, I rank Shang-Chi. I can't remember why I ranked Shang-Chi, but... That that's like a two A two B type deal. Yeah. I, I like Shang Chi a lot. Yeah, I, I think I think I think Black Panther's de- definitely up there for me. And what I what I want to bring up now is we talked about that and how Kugler tries to bring it back, and then we get into Ant Man Quantum Mania, mm. kind of fumbles and, every 
positive note we were just talking about? I didn't mind it. Oh. I very much minded it. Really? I hated every second of it. Really? <laughs> he my was, head was, he was in my hand. He was in shambles in the theater, like yeah. losing his mind. Like I was sitting like, people can't, at home can't see it, but imagine me like leaning forward in my seat, yeah. head in my hands. I don't oh, know. It just it just it was not good. It looked terrible. The jokes weren't funny. It did okay. look awful. Look, I, I that's with every MCU movie. This one looked especially awful. I've, I've Michelle Pfeiffer goes to touch CGI creature. Yeah. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer movie. was awful in that movie. Really? I People thought she like was her. Terrible. Interesting. I I don't. I thought she was the only good part. No, I thought her acting was terrible. I don't know, man. I thought not as the- bad as uh, Modok and his stupid jokes. My name's whatever, whatever, and I am not a... Can't say that, but it was so stupid. See, I Just think... keep them bad if they're bad, for the love of God, whatever. I think part of it is, like, I like Kang, and watching, having watched Loki, just seeing him again, and him be... I mean, he, he is badass, and I don't think that, like, unfortunately, the way they kind of ended it, I don't... He's obviously not done, and... The way they ended it with uh, with uh, uh, Scott walking around and there's a the whole tease was stupid and which was a reshoot. Yeah. Wait, so I can't remember what was the tease at the end. It was like he's walking around like life is good. It's the way it opened the movie. Right. Opened, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But he's like, yeah, everything's great. Or is and I it? yeah, it's like and I killed uh, Kane the Conqueror, but did I? But he's not gonna. <sighs> yeah. Um. Is that oh, it's fine? They had to kill Kang, even though he's literally. The main villain of this phase. Yeah, and then at the end they're like, "Oh, well, that actually was just a He's Kang." Not. And no, he is. This is the Kang. This like, is, the, is he? So like, oh, well, what's what's um what's the what what's the Mar- what's the Aven- it's gonna Avengers um Kang Dynasty Kang Dynasty is what it's yeah. yeah um strap in which is written by the same guy that wrote Quantumania, but it is directed by the guy that directed Shang Chi. So, Daniel yeah, Justin Creden. So cool. maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> like I said, I didn't mind this movie because I just feel I like did. it kind of ex- 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 I did listen. My point. They should have left Ant Man and the Wasp in the yeah, realm like they were that, supposed to. Oh my god, that oh. sucked so bad. That was gonna happen, and then they were like, "No, we can't do that." Because we can't do that. and then, and then all, right. all of a sudden, know. she can just reverse engineer it, to, which doesn't make any sense. Because how can she do that? Yeah, they didn't explain it at didn't, all. No, nothing happened. She just does it, and obviously, there's timeline differences. Maybe, but it's, she just does it in ten seconds. What? What is that? What? I, what? Again, I think I didn't mind it because of how bad Doctor Strange and Thor were. Black Panther is kind of its own thing. I don't really look at it as this entire uh, broad MCU story as far as the multiverse saga goes. And it's like, they got to do something. They have to do something. And and having Kane come back and actually going into the quantum realm, and I guess they understand it now more. And at least, what's the next movie? I I don't even know. Uh, Guardians. Okay. When's that? that? It's coming out this May, I want to say. I'm going to look up yeah. MCU Phase 5 real quick, and we'll go over what's May, coming. Yeah, May 5th, uh, 2023, then it's the Marvels, and then Captain America New World Order next May. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, exactly. So right now, the current slate for films is Guardians, the Marvels, Captain America, like you said, then Thunderbolts, which yeah. I do not have any faith in. And then apparently... Elaine, Jerry and Elaine and Kramer and George are going to get back <laughs> together in it. <laughs> and then Blade, which has been in development... Madness for a very long time now. Oh, I saw Ali's been apparently, apparently like the script was terrible, and he keeps wanting them to change everything, which he should because he's Mahershala Ali. True. Apparently, the script was atrocious. Yeah, and the Marvels has four writers, so that that certainly is going to go well. Um, 
I don't have any faith in anything outside of Guardians and maybe Blade, but even then, maybe Captain America. I'll give Captain America a chance because I feel like they're not. I who this is. It's completely different than. Well, no, Malcolm Spellman's a screenwriter. Seriously, he, he, he worked. He worked on. I believe he's listed as the creator for Winter Soldier. Let me let me go back in my notes and check. Well, I I'll I'll keep my hopes high for it just because I feel like they can do different things. And I I just. I don't want to tie the movies to the TV series too much as far as because the TV series stunk. They're supposed the to will Kevin do. Feige said they're going to slow down on the TV series, I think. Oh, um, well, well, thank the Lord. Something yeah. like they're going to spend more time on them or something. They're not just going to crank well, them out. Well, not in this phase, if you look at it. Oh. oh, yeah. You've got Secret Invasion, Loki Season 2, What If Season 2, Ironheart, Echo, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and Daredevil Born Excuse me, Born Again. Secret Invasion is going to be a show? What? Yeah, it's supposed to, and it was supposed to release. Secret Invasion was hey, supposed to be. It's supposed to release in early 2023, and we are in early 2023. Secret Invasion was supposed to be like the next phase. Well, yeah, but then, then don't you remember in Captain Marvel they made the scrolls a punchline, and now they're retroactively making the scrolls not a punch, not a punchline. They can't. But the thing is, they can't do the scrolls until they do the Fantastic Four because Super Scroll steals all the Fantastic Four's powers. But then. Why are they saving all the things that would make me actually go to the movies and be interested? Like, their best characters, X-Men and Fantastic Four, they're like, ah, we're not going to do it. You, you definitely want to see You definitely want to see um, Thunderbolts, though, Davis. Are we done? Can we? Um, I believe we've got about wrapped it up. Well, Ant-Man well, and Quantumania, yeah. I just, I didn't like it. I thought it just it missed terrible. the mark on a lot of things. I thought it was just... Terrible. Yeah, I think exactly. We, that's all we need. That's all we need Let's to say. Let's go over what we've been watching. What have we been watching lately? Now, Jacob, I know we, we just talked about a lot of MCU stuff, but what other shows, movies have you been viewing as of late? Yeah, getting started on Last of Us. Yes. I want to yeah, see everything everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I, I've slowed down a little bit because I've, I've also been going back and watching a lot of stuff that I've missed out like from like when I was like a child and stuff. So That's fair. That's fair. I got into a bunch of comedies recently. That Ooh, I such as? Missed. Um, so I actually had not seen Superbad until recently. What also, a movie. And Wedding Crashers. Those were the two that I watched Ooh, recently, and I was classics. like, whoa, these are hilarious. Classic movies, right? Ne- there. Need, need more comedies like that. Agreed. I rewatched Everything Everywhere. Of course. Last week, uh, gave it 10 out of 10 again. I wrote a longer, like, actually an earnest review, which is not common for me. That's true. I watched, you do have a bit. I watched The Fugitive again. Classic. I watched Creed 3 in theaters. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, very anime inspired fights, which was really cool to see. Ooh. Uh, there was like the big fight between Dame and Creed. Awesome. Excellent. And my review, I said, got me so amped, I boxed the ticket attendant in the lobby after. There you go, <laughs> back back in your usual form, Davis. I haven't watched a whole lot. Uh, spent my spring break at the beach and watched South Alabama lose in the Sun Belt Championship and was an emotional wreck after the fact. I really that, had I, tough. I, I had faith in them, man. I had faith. Well, you had to find. Never mind. I, I, no, I, I'll say it for you. I had to find some basketball team to have faith in. Anyway, we'll move on from there, won't we? <laughs> and I watched The Last of Us. My parents are also watching The Last of Us, and we watched it at the same time in different rooms because I was really tired and I had I fell asleep and had to pause it for a moment. But episode eight was crazy. I was so good. It, We're gonna watch them all today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on like four. Yeah, it it really it's really hitting its stride. I think what? especially especially with. Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, of course, think, so good. I think I, Pedro is really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, duh. I'm watching Mandalorian as well. Oh so, yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm want afraid. To. I don't want to. I'm afraid. I, the first two were fine. Did you watch the newest? Book of Boba Fett yeah. was the worst like show the of mythical, all time. The Mystic Beast. What is it? Called? Uh, Mythosaur. Mythosaur. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mystic Beast. You were you were on the right track. The first two letters, I guess. What? I don't even know. You know what that a... thing on Boba Fett's armor, that skull. It's yeah. a mystic beat, what, a mythosaur. mythosaur. And they saw one. This is the first time it's ever showed up on screen in Star Wars. Oh, and he was underwater or something. I saw a TikTok about it. That's yeah. It, I, don't know, I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. I've only seen two episodes of The Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett killed my faith in humanity, so I don't know if I can watch it. I, I think they're tracking. Book of Boba Fett, I don't think it's going to be too, like, that's not going to matter as much, thankfully. It's not like, about matter. It's about tone. Yeah, you're right. It's about where you're we're right. going. I'm also watching Bad Batch, which has somehow somehow turned into a decent, interesting show. There you go. I, it, I mean, gen- I have faith. Genuinely, like, season one, I was like, all right, this ain't it. But I kept the faith, and so far. I would have lost with, the faith. Yeah, with a few. <laughs> Pretty yeah, quickly. Hey, that one, hey, season one stunk. But again, I was like, you know what? The reason I don't like it is because of the same reason I didn't like season one of The Clone Wars, and... Here we are. There you go. There you go. Well, that's what we've been watching. I don't think we have a Ministry of Truth segment this week because we've probably yelled at the MCU enough, which is our normal stuff. But we've got our trivia. Don't answer this question, Jacob. Okay. That's important not to answer. What movie did Harrison Ford, Marlon Brando, Lawrence Fishburne, and Martin Sheen all have roles in? Do you know it? Mm -mm. Okay. And then another one. I'm going to ask, too, in what fictitious town does Invasion of the Body Snatchers take place? That's one of my personal favorite movies starring Donald Sutherland and Leonard Nimoy. And with that, I'm going to turn off Jacob and Davis and Mike. However, Jacob, any last things you want to say uh, to the audience and listeners? No, just thanks for having me on. I love doing this, and maybe we can do it again. The MCU won't stink. Absolutely, hopefully so. And you can find all of (laughs) Jacob's work over at the Auburn Sports Network working as a, I believe, operations Specialist. Specialist. That's the fancy title. I, I knew I, I had it I had on the tip of my tongue. Couldn't think of it. But, yeah, he's doing a lot of great work over there at the Auburn Sports Network. And we're so glad he could make it back into the studio for another episode of Through the Lens. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to this episode, our first one after spring break. It was a merciless grind, but we made it through the MCU Phase 4. And if you have any thoughts on the series, the movies, talks about the shows that we haven't seen, want to let us know what shows we need to watch, or want to convince us that Thor Love and Thunder is a good movie? You probably won't. You can reach out to us at the show directly on Instagram at Through the Lens Weagle. That's Through the Lens W E G L. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure what direction we're going in. Maybe the DreamWorks sequels, maybe the Hunger Games. Who knows? A lot of fun to be had as our final episodes of the show begin before we got to graduate and go our separate ways. <gasps> so sad. This is Alex Houston alongside my co host, Davis Carroll, and special guest and returning guest, Jacob Hillman, signing off. And we'll be talking again next week.